The narrative being pushed by the Democrats, it's, it does make no sense. It holds no water at all. It's, it is completely illogical. I wonder if the new standard in like superhero movies is if it's just not great, it sucks. I love America. I believe in America. I love the government. And the NAACP nominates him for a 2019 uh, Image Award. No. Yes. Oh, no. Welcome to the salt of the streets. Coming at you every week with this food for thought. Hope you're ready to eat. With everything going on in this nation, we need some information. And that's why salt needs to be stationed in your rotation. With real talk and real topics, real people, real problems. Think we need some help to solve them and leave it up to Colin and the Donovan. Right, that's the, what, what's that? Up, oh. <laughs> oh, that should oh. probably be a clip this week. It's probably gonna have to be. <laughs> That's so bad. And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to Salt to the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, March thirtieth, twelve fifty-four p.m. Episode fifty-four. Welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports, all completely built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I'm Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, we've got the Attorney General William Barr has submitted his summary of the Mueller report, and the media begins to speculate. <laughs> we've got updates on the Jesse Smollett false hate crime case. Uh, the U.S. House or Senate has voted on the Green New Deal, and uh, much more to come there. Those silly uh, fuckers. And we're going to be checking in, I think, with some more of the Democratic presidential candidates that we yep. didn't hit last week yep and uh we've got a whole lot more but mm-hmm. I, that's safely the only ones i feel like we might be able to get to <laughs> with the way we do it so anyways all that and more coming up on this week's salt of the streets podcast Boom. so that being said how was your week buddy it was good man it was good it was fuck it felt like a long week i'm happy i'm happy to be here now I'm happy that's done we're going like i said earlier we're going on first the first date uh, with yeah. my wife away from the baby this week or today. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So he'll be, he'll be 10 weeks on Monday. Um, and so we're, we're going to go out to dinner. We're going to go to the boat shed. Shout uh-huh. out boat shed. And then we're going to go and see Captain Marvel, even though I heard that it was ass. Um, and it should be a good time. So I wonder if the new standard in like superhero movies is if it's just not great, it sucks. I don't know. I don't know because I also I saw someone I don't remember who it was someone on social media this week that was talking about how they weren't like that impressed with um, Avengers Infinity War and I was like well first of all fuck you because that movie was fantastic it's great leave um, it alone but I think that it's it's just like reflective of a larger narrative is not the right word but maybe like wave in this country people are just like there's so many fucking superhero movies you know like there's like two three a year and people are just getting sick of it and i i love 
nerdy shit and like comic books and stuff so i'm like bring it on like should like let me see all of it you know yeah and now that fox and all this stuff is there's all nothing one else roof, good hardly coming out so no okay. no and now that fox just finished up with disney and everything like there's going to be even more you know because marvel is now finally all together as one cohesive unit for film production and and i don't like yeah. it's, it's all gold now so yeah we might have a very uh we might have a banner year 2020 as far as the uh the Marvel, you know, the comic book world, I'll say, in, in the world of cinema. If there's an X-Men movie... It's going to be trash. You guys are going to hear me bitch about it. It's going to be bad. And I'm going to bitch about every X-Men movie until there is an X-Men series. Because that's the only way it's going to be done well. Except Old Man Logan. That was a great movie. It was. It was good. I it could was, do more of those. Yeah. That one was really good. It was I dark. with that. Yeah. God, that was and, dark. Movie. And not all the X-Men movies have been asked, but they're not going to be what they should be you know yeah. and i think that it's jordan stepdad who's the one that exposed me to comics and got me into a life who says that so when x-men was created right professor x was based on martin luther king and magneto is based off of malcolm x right i can see that and the whole the whole series the whole x-men everything is is about prejudice and oppression right because all the mutants want is acceptance in into the human race right so that's that's exactly what it's about and then, and then you splinter off into the peaceful wing and the militant wing exactly right and wow. until stan lee digging deep cuts and so jordan stepped at life and i will credit him with this he says until that is the focus of the movie that you make about x-men it's not going to be done correctly because yeah. that is what it is about it is about the struggle between mutants and humans for acceptance and all these other things are just circumstantial and tertiary because they have superpowers mm -hmm. and are targets for the rest of the galaxy yeah you because know? you see that say that struggle of oppression like that that is at its core, a story of good versus evil. Yes. But you, you know, up to date, for the most part, all of the X Men movies have been a story about good or evil, but that's just because those are the evil guys, those are the good guys. Exactly. There's no underlying narrative to support why they're good or evil. Right. You just blew my fucking mind. Thank yeah. you, Lath. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I love, I love, because I love X-Men so much, I love talking to him about X-Men because he loves just comic books so much. And X-Men is really the only one that I know well enough to have like a deep conversation about and like be able to pull, you know, details and different like story arcs and shit from. And other than that, I have like general ideas of a lot of characters, mm -hmm. especially in Marvel. I'm way more Marvel than DC. Um, but I don't know, like, you know, like, I don't know. If there, I don't know. There's some shit that I just don't know. You yeah. Know? Well, there, it's um, a big world. Enormous. So Comics bad. have been around for so long. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's I was fantastic. just at Comic Con and there are thousands, tens of thousands of comics that I have never heard of that yeah. people just love. Yeah. And there are so many out there. I also want to give Leif one more shout out because on Thursday, he helped me go to Lowe's and bring some supplies home so I can finish up Dax's room. Um, so I got all the rest of the drywall and the rest of the lumber. So this week and next week, I'm building the last wall. I'm finishing up the drywall. Nice. And we're going to be fucking good to go. So super awesome. excited. So Leif, thank you again because I have the Land Rover and I know I love the Land Rover, right? But just in the last like maybe year, I've been getting really irritated that I can't put that much shit in my Land Rover, you know, yeah. that I need to take home. And oh, so yeah. I understand that struggle. So now I'm going to start looking into, I'm going to start looking into a truck. Um, Me because, too. Yeah. Because I need a truck to be able to do shit like that by myself. And um, the Land Rover is in like 
a lot of shit has been replaced on it. I've done a lot of work on it. Jordan's dad did a lot of work on it. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be worth enough money, even with all the miles that are on it, to get decent trade and value for like a truck, you know. And I don't want a brand new truck. I don't need a fucking brand new truck. No, just a truck that'll work. Yep, a truck that has, you know, not that many miles on it. That's going to be big enough for me to put my baby in and haul some shit in. And it's going to be really long. And I'll tell you, if you buy a truck without four-wheel drive, oh no, 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 no. we're going to have problems. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I know better than that. No, that would be stupid. Yeah, dude. Uh, I my the back seat of my car now has just become a equipment for or a rack for survey equipment. Yeah, because like. I got to go out tomorrow and do some work. Right. And, you know, I need a fucking truck to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, thank goodness I'm, I live right next to work. So I'm just going to grab one of my work rigs and go. But yeah, I've had, I mean, I go out and do site visits and stuff. And here I am rolling in in a Subaru. In your Subaru? And it's just not. That's really funny. Entirely a With your Seahawk sticker on the back and shit. Dude, <laughs> I love it. It's rough. I love it. That's really funny. So pure vanity is getting me a truck at this point. Yeah. Practicality. More more along the lines. Really. Yeah. But, I really like um, like a Nissan Titan. I love a Nissan Titan. Uh, but like a, like a Silverado, you know, uh-huh. or a fucking an Avalanche. Some shit like that. You know? I'm partial to the Colorados. Yeah, nice. yeah. You know, I'm not looking to like pull anything in a truck. No. I just want to be able to haul lumber, essentially. Right. That's really what I want. Make big ass dump trips in one trip. Yeah. It looks really weird when I have a bunch of uh, camping. Eight foot two by fours on the top of the Subi strapped down. Trying yeah, to down and that's like I can fit. I can put down this the back seats in the Land Rover mm-hmm. and put eight foot boards in it. But if yep. I need a twelve foot board, it's got to stick out of the sunroof, you know. And that's like bad <laughs> yeah. news. Like it's just it looks like shit. So you become a Lansing Knight, and that's it. So you got to be careful where you go. And like the the fucking highway on the back to keyboard is fifty miles an hour, you know. So yep. I'm I'm driving with one arm on the boards out the window, and then I oh it's it's bad yeah it's a whole deal oh, so the struggle is real bro. yeah so a truck is is gonna be necessary we so. need some trucks <laughs> yeah it's it's really bad so oh but it, it was a good week so yeah i just want to thank leif one more time because he's he's fucking great uh so shout out leif he's also an awesome grandpa both of his grand all of us i mean yeah it's, he's great he's an awesome guy i've so. had very little actual interaction with the guy but from what i have had he seems like one of the one of the cool dudes around. You would really like him. You know, I'm I'm a fan. Yeah. He's very genuine. He's just he's just a genuine yeah. guy. Yeah. He's good. A lot of Jordan's family is is like that. It's good. It's, you guys have some very common core values aligned. Yeah. You are not what I would say a disingenuous man in Thank the God. slightest way. Thank God. <laughs> Did you do anything this week? Anything mm. of note? Well, I told you last week I was down hard. I double dipped in the sickness waters this weekend. Yeah, yeah I proceeded to uh, blow chunks right after the show last week, which was fun. And uh, then rode most of the weekend, including Monday, was riding a fever train, having massive stomach cramps and Oof. just a whole nine yards. I Finally, remember you. You were talking about how bad your stomach hurt last dude, it week. Was, yeah, it was not fun. But it powered through through the show because we're fucking professionals like that. <laughs> we are. Well, I finally made a year it to in. the doctor. Yeah, I know. And I finally made it to the doctor on Tuesday. What's your doctor's name? Do you feel comfortable sharing that? I don't. Okay. She's a very nice person. I Doctors got crazy up. names. That's the only reason yeah. I ask. Yeah, she's got a very interesting name. I'll tell you after the show, though. See? That's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly it's, why. It's a very strong name. Yeah. And she's fucking awesome. And uh, But yeah, she... 
did a bunch of blood work and diagnosis and blah, 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 blah. And we came down to the fact that I got that stomach bug that was that's floating around still. Yeah. It's been dropping my office. Like, you know, people have been dropping like flies. Everybody and then in there. On top of that, I have a stomach ulcer now. So is she going to do, um, cause I told you I had stomach ulcers when I was in high school when I was like 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is she going to do an endoscopy or anything like that to go in and make sure that that's what it is? We don't know yet. Um, <laughs> I got to follow up here in another couple weeks, but right now I'm I always really baseline meds and then I have to do, and then supposedly there's going to be a long train of antibiotics to go through mm. eventually, but. You know, she thinks this one's more stress-induced than anything yeah. else, yeah. And, than like an actual underlying medical condition. Right. So, just the topical, you know, thinking omeprazole, I think, is what I'm taking mm-hmm. now. So, kind of yeah. a pretty strong antacid type of thing. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people are on it. Reduces the amount of stomach acid that you have in there to mm-hmm. limit the amount of time that it's your ulcer is inflamed. Yeah. And- I took that for a long time. Yeah, I'll probably be on that for a long time. Yeah. I did find out, like, my mom's been on that for, like, 30 years. Really? Yeah. My brother, I think, has been on it for a long time. My dad was, too. So, there might be an underlying genetic issue, too, there. But I will say, and you'll really like this, I cannot, I have a really hard time if I wanted to fast again Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. As soon as I'm hungry, that ulcer gets annoyed and lets me know in a very painful way. I remember that. So I've now taken to eating small things like every like two, three hours throughout the day. Yeah. And if I don't, oh boy. I used I to, a massive breakfast this morning, by yeah. the way, right before the show. I used to not eat breakfast, you know, when I was in high school because I was 17 or whatever. And yeah, I would get to school and I was like on the verge of throwing up because my stomach hurt so bad. And so yeah. I, yeah, I'd start eating breakfast, bowls of cereal or something before I went to school. Because yeah, yeah it, it hurt way too fucking bad. I know. I feel for you. I'm really sorry. That is... I do not at all take that lightly, and I am <laughs> that sucks really. Yeah, bad. it's it's not fun. I am I am comforted that it, it it's not forever. You know, like if you yeah. take care of yourself, then it will go away, and like it will be cool. And that's but, the key. But if you if you if you don't, you know, like I did not, then you definitely stand to risk to end up with horrible fucking IBS like I have now, you know, where I just that and like eating so many processed foods growing up because I was such a picky eater mm-hmm. it just destroyed the lining of my gut, oh, you yeah. know, and so now I I can't, like I don't ever eat spaghetti, like no no fucking red sauce, like a pizza, you know, or like a chicken parmesan with like some on top, but I cannot have like a bowl of like spaghetti you know, I would I'll, die, I'll die I, I can't fucking do it, like I yeah, it's not something, I cannot get like, I can but it, i will i will be on the toilet for three days straight if i get <laughs> wasted on like straight liquor you know like oh, I, yeah. I can drink beer and like i will be like okay but if i drink straight liquor like i took a bunch of shots and got fucked up destroyed for like three days like it doesn't nothing will f- it's horrible well if um, it makes you feel better i think most people that do that at least have that side effect for like 24 hours yeah at least one day <laughs> yeah yeah so that's so i drink a lot of beer but i do not really drink like i'll take like a shot you know, like you know when we go to dinner with jordan's family yeah. and stuff because that's you know all the guys will go to the bar and take a shot it's like i'll do that but i don't really well i didn't even have my first beer since then till last night i had yeah. one to t- test the waters to make sure i wasn't gonna like have an adverse reaction and, right and here here it's okay i can drink beer now here here i like that shit 
Were you ready to get into some fucking topics here? Let's you have fucking. Else do you want to hit before we go there? I don't want to cut you no, off man. if you're if you're not. Let's ready. talk politics, baby. Okay. What do you do? You want to hit the the Mueller report first? The Mueller bar report? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Thinking? Okay. So let's see here. So we talked last week that on the twenty second, uh, Robert Mueller, the great Robert Mueller, as we have reported on for what like two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, Finally delivered his report to the Attorney General, William Barr. And then two days later, on the 24th, William Barr delivered a letter to Congress that was summarizing Mueller's report and his findings on Mueller's report after having read something we found it was over 300 pages. Right? Yes. Uh, which seems weird that he read, of, read it in two days and then wrote his report. But that's some people are really fast readers. They, they have offices to yeah. read collectively. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so since that happened, there has been... All kinds of controversy around William Barr's report, whether or not it is legitimate, and there's talks about whether Robert Mueller is doing his job or not, and there's talks about you know whether he ever should have been put in place, and so oh, much speculation. William Barr wrote this memo you know a year ago and all this stuff. So we're going to handle all those things one by one by one. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about the report. So it was or the letter, right? Because it was only a four-page letter about Robert Mueller's report. Um, because the full Mueller report has not been released and probably will not be in its entirety. It will absolutely, if it gets released, will be redacted heavily to scrub it for any type of, and we talked about this last week, to scrub it for any type of classified information, anything that could put anybody at risk or harm anybody or is involved in a ongoing investigation or anything like that will be scrubbed. So yeah. a huge so, amount of that material will be taken out. for the And a lot of that will probably pertain to the Southern District of New York's yes. case that's going on right now. You yeah. have, you know, what is it, the the term they use, the intelligent ways and means. Yes, you know, they, yeah. They have to scrub through that. But, yes. you know, I've heard a tentative kind of, in, this is, you know, I heard Lindsey Graham say that the full report is supposed to be coming out. They would imagine it will be sometime... Maybe mid-April. Yes. And so a lot of people are running with that and saying like, okay, well, mid-April, we're probably going to have this thing. So the main summaries of the letter were of the findings of the Mueller investigation, right? So the report found that, first of all, that there that no member of the Trump campaign conspired or colluded with Russia to interfere with the election, right? It did find uh, after that that Russia did, in fact, interfere with the election, and that's as evidenced by, I mean, Robert Mueller passed down charges for several different Russian individuals and and obviously explained it all in this report here. Um, and William Barr also cited, uh, like I say, he, he cited the criminal charges that were leveled against several different Russians for attempting to influence the election. Um, and he also found the, the Mueller report did not recommend criminal charges for obstruction of justice against President Trump, right? Yeah. Um, and it is important to note that it says in the report, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him, right? Yes. That is not – and William Barr, I felt, made a point in there to say that that – does not indict the president, right? It doesn't, that shouldn't be interpreted any more one way than the other, right? It says that there was evidence there, right? Because there was at least considered at some point, but not enough evidence for them to be willing to level charges against the president. Yeah. Right. The special counsel states, this is verbatim from the report. There we go. Quote, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it does not exonerate him yes and that's where a lot of the speculation comes in because this 
It's a four-page report. You can find it just about anywhere. I got the link here. I'll send it to you so we can throw it up yep. in the show notes. It's a it's a pretty quick read to be very honest. Super easy. Future time. Yeah, um, maybe ten minutes at the most. You know, they go down into he breaks down the statistics of what Mueller and his team did and how many subpoenas they put out. A lot. More than twenty eight hundred subpoenas, by the way. A lot. Oh, nearly five hundred search warrants. Um, you know, two hundred and thirty orders of communication records were obtained. You know, they interviewed approximately five hundred witnesses. So now you can see why this is taken two years to right. do this but yeah it splits it into two two tracks it was the collusion track and the obstruction track because mm-hmm. everybody's so worried about obstruction and so like you said before definitively stated that there was no collusion between trump campaign or president trump with the russians to you know to to swing the election one way or the other right but he did not come to a conclusion either way on the obstruction of justice and the attorney general's office after reviewing the initial report said that they did not find enough evidence either way to also convict or right or not. Be- because so. it's important to note that because the special counsel did not hand down any type of decision either way it is up to the attorney general and the assistant attorney general rod rosenstein which i think is incredibly important to know right because i have something here because now people are all kinds of pissed off at rod rosenstein and that he's a piece of shit and all this stuff right so so because Mueller didn't make any decision on whether or not the president had obstructed justice. It is up to the attorney general, William Barr and the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein to look over the evidence that, that Robert Mueller and his team found and is compiled in this report and for them to decide. Right. And they came up with the same decision that they did not have enough evidence there to indict the president or to they not to indict him, but to pass down recommendations of charges against the president. Right. Which I think it's very, Normal. This is, this seems very normal because all yes. the obstruction things that have taken place Excuse that people me. have have pointed at have taken place in the public square, on on the TV, you know, through interviews on you know on uh, whoever's doing a you know CNN or yes. MSNBC anybody. I mean, all these things that we think not we but like people are calling obstruction have taken place in plain sight, in plain view. Right. And there's nothing else that would go along with that. And so the evidence is already laid out in front of us, and it's up to the AG to make that call constitutionally. And he, at this point, has made that call and said, no, there's there's no case for obstruction here. So that is one factor that plays into it is the fact that all these things the president have done has happened publicly in front of people, especially a lot of the meetings and stuff that were you know behind closed doors have now come about. Um, so that is one part of this decision, right? And the other part that is being discussed, especially among the more uh, progressive and, and left-leaning media, is a memo that Attorney General Barr wrote before he was the Attorney General, right? That was a letter to the Trump administration that has to do with the Mueller investigation and has to do with obstruction of justice and the way that it should be interpreted and all this stuff. And so William Barr says in that letter, among a lot of other things, um, that he feels obstruction of justice depends on, I'm sorry, depends on the intent of the actions that were carried out. Right. Yes. And so again, this is just a gray area that I don't, I don't know, but I, I just want to, it's part of providing all the information, right? A lot of people are upset because he wrote that memo and Robert Mueller 
never got or never had, however you want to put it right, he never got or had face-to-face interviews with President Trump. It's really, really, really hard, almost impossible to try, even begin to decide somebody's intent um, if you had if you've not had a face-to-face discussion with them, right? And you could argue that you never fully know someone's intent unless they tell you, right? But it's really hard to even start to get there if you haven't had a face-to-face sit-down with that person yeah. and, and it ask those questions, right? So there are a lot of people who are very skeptical of that. First of all, of William Barr having written that memo, you know, because now there's a narrative of, oh, well, he's the attorney general because he wrote this memo and they're just waiting, you know, for the report to come out so that if it doesn't work in, uh, you know, in the leftist favor, then they can say, well, it's because of William Barr. And I, that just starts to feel like reaching to me, you know? Yeah, that's, there's a word for that. It's called speculation. It's, and it's the Wild same, speculation. It's the same thing that happened when Brett Kavanaugh was being put up, right? You know, that they were like, oh, he wrote all these things about executive privilege and executive power, you know, and that's exactly why he's being put up is so that, you know, Trump can start to take more and more power so, you know, he can start to take more power to the executive. And I, I, I bought that a little bit more, you know, and I'm not really sure why. Um, but just as I was noticing these connections, you know, I, I'm, th- was thinking that, that I bought that a little bit more than I do this. For whatever reason, you know, I don't feel as confident that William Barr was put there to try and do these things. And I don't think that about Brett Kavanaugh, you know, yeah, that's just like a side note, but. When you when you feel that way about say like Trump and the executive and all this stuff, you're talking about a, an egomaniacal maniac, and right. it, which has played out time and time again on the airwaves. And you're not wrong for thinking that that might be a problem, right? With somebody that wants more power, but in this case, we know very little about William William Barr. We know a lot of his past. He's also like friends with Robert Mueller and worked with for him for years, thirty years. So it seems strange to assume that he would. All of a sudden be more beholden to President Trump than to, because it's just, he had like, I, I have immense respect for the office of the president. We talked about that a couple weeks ago when, like, when we talked about Morgan's letter and stuff, you know, immense respect for the president, but I'm not going to turn my back on Trenton because the fucking president, you know, he keeps, cause he gave me a job. Like, I'm not going to all of a sudden just shit on Trenton and his job because the president gave me a job. So I don't know why we would assume that William Barr is going to do that because he took a job with President Trump. He's going to pay you. To be the attorney general is a fantastic job. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't really seem like Jeff Sessions enjoyed being the attorney general. He got shit on for two years. 24 But he still stayed there because it looks fucking fantastic. And now he never has to work again. Yeah. Jeff Sessions can just go around and give speeches and talks. And go and be a teacher at a law school if he wants because he was fucking attorney general. That's reason enough to be attorney general. You know, you don't have to love President Trump to be that guy. There were so many people, Jim Mattis, all these fucking guys that worked there that hated President Trump. And not to mention, like, the day-to-day operations of running the Justice Department. Yes. You know, that's a very prestigious job that anybody would want, regardless of who you're working for. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I think most of this, most of the fears and all the, you know, all the fire and brimstone that we're hearing about Bill Barr now, I think it's all just speculation. People are grasping at straws now to try to figure out what they do next. Yeah. You know, I think that idea of, you know, with the underlying narrative for two plus years now coming from the more progressive side and the progressive media that Trump stole the election, you know, the our Lord and Savior, Robert Mueller, is going to prove to us all that this is all going to be right. And then all of a sudden what he comes out with doesn't back up their narrative that they've built. Now he's 
public enemy number one. They're questioning whether or not he even did his job and whether it was a total waste of money. And now they're looking at William Barr, who yeah. had no problem getting confirmed, by the way. Very, very It went unnoticed problem. almost. I mean, we, yeah. we mentioned it. Like, we just said that it happened, but didn't... There because was nothing- it wasn't controversial. No. It was he he got in just fine because people were fine with it. You know yep. his his hearings weren't contentious. They weren't high strung. You know they weren't surrounded by media coverage. Like it was was obviously on C-SPAN and people talked about it, but it wasn't a huge deal like all the other confirmations were. Yeah, and so I also think uh, I want to go back just a little bit right to Rod Rosenstein. Yes, that when. Uh, what was when Andy McCabe? When Andy McCabe was fired, and you know when Jeff Sessions was let go, and then Rod Rosenstein, there was reports because when Andy McCabe got fired, he I believe was the one that said that Rod Rosenstein had talked about um, invoking whatever amendment it is to get the president the fuck out. Twenty right? fifth amendment, the twenty fifth, right? So, so Andy McCabe, I think, is the one that leaked that. You know, yeah. and at that time. Rod Rosenstein is a huge fucking Democratic hero, you know, that the Democrats are championing him, you know, that, well, we need to keep Rosenstein in there. And if President Trump is going to fire him, then, you know, we need to impeach Trump and impeach Trump and all this stuff. And and now that Rod Rosenstein is with William Barr and he's like, no, there's not enough evidence here for me to to try and hand down charges. People were like, oh, fuck Rod Rosenstein. Why is he even there? You know, like this guy's an asshole. Like. Why? Because he because he followed the facts like and that's and you don't now now you don't trust him to follow the facts. But when he was talking about trying to impeach the president with the 25th Amendment or maybe it's not called impeach, whatever. Right. Remove him through the 25th Amendment. You're all in favor of Rod Rosenstein. But now now, you know, he's a piece of shit. Like now that his his personal truth cuts against their narrative. Right. That's incredibly convenient. You know it? that now he can't be trusted. And it um, just seems so blatantly obvious yeah all this garbage is just we flicked the switch we didn't get the answers we wanted and now they're the problem because we're still right this is still a thing well and so now now there's a similar narrative going around with with robert Mueller, right is is that robert Mueller? oh like oh he just couldn't he just couldn't make up his mind you know and so he just he punted the ball just punted the decision down, you know, so that he didn't have to do it. Failure I, of duty. Uh, right. He didn't do his job. Right, right. He didn't do his job, right? And I, and I feel like, first of all, it's it's disingenuous and wholly hypocritical. Uh, maybe that's not the right word, but that's the first thing I think of. Because, again, for two years, you've been championing Robert Mueller. And now that his... His decision doesn't fit with the narrative that you've been pushing for two years. He didn't know how to do his job and he's just kicking it down the road and doesn't want to take responsibility, you know, and he, you know, he's in the back pocket of somebody this whole time, probably. It's, first of all, I think it's, it's, like I said, hypocritical, right? Hardcore. And, And then I think that it shows an insanely fundamental lack of understanding for the whole reason that Robert Mueller was even put there and what his investigation was about. Right. Because his investigation was not about collusion between President Trump and the Russians. Right. That was something that came off tertiary because of all this suspicious stuff that happened with people in his administration. Right. Yeah. Those people that had charges. There was Paul Manafort, uh, Michael Flynn, these people that popped up these people that did have charges against them for lying against the FBI. Right. That starts to look really suspicious. So at that point, he's going to start looking into collusion between President Trump and the Russians. But that was not the point of him being there. Robert Mueller, and God damn it, if we haven't said this a thousand <laughs> fucking times, 
Robert Mueller's investigation was into Russian interference in the election, for which he found that happened. We all knew it happened. We've been saying it happened for a year now, because that's the case. That's the facts based on everything, based off the intelligence communities, based off of the hearings with the Senate and the House. It's That is what happened, right? It's pretty black and white. So he did his job. If And if you're arguing he didn't, then you don't even understand why he was put there. Because because you think that his job was to fit your narrative, and that has nothing to do with why he was there, which is what we have been fucking saying for a year. Yes. And, you know, and, and now we have multiple senators who are coming spreading out, that message, you know, and speculating and and saying that, well, there's there's more to come. This we have to get the full yes. you know, copy of the report so that we can make up our minds because we don't trust our former demigod robert Mueller, yep. or rod rosenstein anymore he can't be trusted yeah because f- for whatever fucking reason they're gonna make up right that and it frust this really it frustrates me not because we've talked about it for a year it frustrates me because it makes me as f- f- i don't whatever you want to call us right as a podcast host who hosts a political podcast co-hosted it makes me take a stance that puts my back to the Democrats and look favorably towards the Republicans. And that frustrates the shit out of me, you know, because it's this type of stuff that if we were more popular would put us on the list of the intellectual dark web because people are calling us right wing because we're defending the Republicans because the Democrats are not making any fucking sense. Madness. It's that type of shit that really frustrates me because it's this type of stuff that makes me turn against a party that I felt so at home with for so long, you know, and now all I can do is, you like, know, you guys are assholes. You're assholes because you're lying to people and you don't give a shit. Like, you're just saying things that aren't true. You're mischaracterizing Robert Mueller as a person, his whole investigation and the whole purpose, because it doesn't fit the fact that you don't like President Trump. And I fucking hate President Trump. I hate him. I think he's a stupid (laughs) asshole, but I still have to sit here and be like, you guys are dicks. In this situation, you're dicks because you are the ones that are lying. Yeah. It would would have been very refreshing if they could have been the bigger person and bigger people and owned up to it. She's been know, like shit. Oh boy, Adam Adam Schiff <sighs> who is I don't think long for the political world much longer. Um you know, we have my favorite of all senators, um senator from Hawaii, Maisie Hirono. God damn. Is, you know, she keeps speculating that in the report that we're going to get, there's going to be more and we're going to find right. that all the Mueller was wrong. The AG was wrong. Rod Rosenstein was wrong. Bec- and they're going to be right once we get the full report out. Right. They're now going to be vindicated. <clears throat> right. And now we're going to have to deal with this for another, at least another two or three weeks, if not longer. Yeah. And I just, I want it to end because it's ridiculous. Well, that's all right because these are the same people who would not admit that James Comey did something wrong by circumventing Loretta Lynch, right? Because even... You know, I, I again, we talked we talked about James Comey a long time ago, and I probably feel a little bit more, just slightly yeah. more harshly towards him now than I did then, because I still generally feel like we kind of did what he felt like was right, did it in a shitty way, in an inappropriate way, and that's you know why you got fired. But you you did. And we're referring to when he came out the October before the election when he yes. announced that they would not be bringing charges to Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's amazing how he went from Democratic. 
public enemy number one yeah. to now a beloved member on right. their side. Right. <clears throat> and so I think that it's one of the last things that I wrote down. I think it's this whole thing, this whole narrative that's being pushed by the Democrats now, which again frustrates me to even have to be saying shit like that, that narrative being pushed by the Democrats. It, that's fucking irritating, but I it, love it. It shows, it shows a willing ignorance for, right? Because they're trying to, and let me, let me, so let me start over, right? Uh-huh. The claims that President Trump obstructed justice by trying to tell people what to do and like getting rid of things or doing whatever, right? Shows a, a willing ignorance to the obstruction of justice by Hillary Clinton of deleting her emails and then possibly downplaying what was in them, right? Completely ignores that to try and pin this on President Trump. Well, that wasn't obstructing, that wasn't obstructing justice, but this is. This, this totally this, is. This shit that he did out in public so that we could all see, that's obstructing justice. But this secret shit that, he, that she did, the server in her bathroom, all these emails that she deleted that nobody will ever know the content of. You know what I'm saying? That's not obstructing, but this is obstructing. Like... What the fuck is that? And I don't because in her case there was an actual underlying crime. You know, and I where in this case there isn't. I hate when people bring up Hillary Clinton, so I would hate like I hate to bring that up. You know, because I just would love to again leave that in the past. But those are the same people that will still defend her to this day. You know, but you. That's I don't understand that. Don't feel too bad for coming out on the Democrats on this one because. Doesn't matter. It just matters. It just matters what time it is and what kind of controversy it is. But there is always some side of the political parties. You know, one of the two parties is always doing something like this. Yeah. Right now, it's the Democrats, and it has been for two years. It's bad. And so it's you got to call them out for when it is. It doesn't necessarily mean that Democrats like the the DNC. Is a bad party. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Same with the Republicans. When they do some fucked up shit like Stephen King and being a racist and all this shit, like, doesn't mean the Republicans are a bad party. Right. We may have bad representatives in the yeah. party. And it could be a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about more about this when we talk about the Green New Deal, but there's a lot of bad actors out there that are just playing the game and have zero substance behind their words, which right. is when it comes to politics, is a statement that has been true since the day the country was founded. Yeah. And it continues on to this day. It's, it's this type of stuff that... This is the kind of stuff that makes you a libertarian. And it's the type of stuff that makes people lose faith in the government. You know, like you said, it leads you to libertarianism. There's yeah. regular people that don't follow this all the way, you know, but... Like, fuck, I feel bad for you if this is the first episode of Salt of the Streets you're listening to because you're like, why should I even care about the government now? Because you're right. telling me that they're all assholes. They're all pieces of shit, which I probably felt before, but now you've reaffirmed it for me. You know what the sad thing is? Is in their personal lives, I guarantee they're you they're people. all probably great people. <laughs> Amazing people. Yeah. But it's just when they're on just that level and that, yeah, they're politicians. They have to play the game. You know, I mean, we've seen it with our own town hall with DK. I mean, he has to play the game in some fashion to get anything done. And unfortunately, at this level, we're talking about loyalty to the party and whatever the party's current narrative is, and then they line up behind it. And that's, yeah, you're correct. That's exactly what this is, because... As we have just laid out for you. And if anyone has any questions, reach out to us. If you disagree with us, let us know. You know, I don't, we want to know all this stuff, but as we have just laid out for you, 
the narrative being pushed by the Democrats, it's, it does make no sense. It holds no water at all. It's, it is completely illogical what they're trying to say about this. It's and you hypocritical. Can completely it's, disregard the Mueller report. Yes. Because then their narrative that they've been pushing still, still runs 100% counter to the entire intelligence agency's findings on Russian interference. Yeah. Why we had to have this, the only reason we had the Mueller report going was because of the fervent hate that the Democratic Party had against President Trump. Yeah. Because they they knew in the the deepest, darkest bottom of their soul that he was guilty of collusion. They still so, know. We had to spend untold millions of dollars to find this investigation, to find out what we already knew. Yeah. What the intelligence agencies actually, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the, What they testified to yeah. in front of Congress multiple times on multiple occasions. Because it's the same information. Yeah, I mean, we probably wouldn't have gotten the, the what was it, 13 indictments of the right. Russian you know, agents well, or whatever. Well, I feel but. like we could have if it was left up to the CIA, you know, if they just – people may not have liked it, you know, or the FBI and the CIA because the FBI is a little more investigative and CIA is a little more, you know, uh, yeah. f- spy shit. But um, like yeah, if it was left – Technically speaking, the CIA would be the FBI of – out CONUS stuff, right. anything that so, doesn't take place in the so it, United States. Right. So if the, if it's left to the FBI, you know, they're still going to find that information. They're still yeah. probably going to lead to those indictments. They're still, they have the same information as far as Russian interference that Robert Mueller does, you know, because they're, it, those indictments had, were handed down through the federal government. So it's, yeah. I mean, he had what, 40, I'm going to have to pull up the, the, the letter again, but there was uh, 40 FBI agents working underneath Mueller, yeah. along with 19 other lawyers. Right. So, I mean, they had the manpower to do this. And like you said, FBI agents were probably doing most of the footwork. Right. And so why couldn't we have done this through normal channels and not cost us a bunch of extra money? Because it wouldn't have taken place in the public eye. And they wouldn't have been able to point the narrative towards Trump, public enemy number one on their eyes, and take him out. That's frustrating because I don't even – It's a political gamble that failed and now they're grasping at straws to try to figure out what to do. And it's it sucks personally, right? This is my personal opinion. Now, it sucks because I hate and still and always have hated to even think that, you know, that type of thing that like – the Democratic Party as a whole, or at least these bad actors, are using this just as a fucking stick to try and beat the other side. You know, that they have yeah. wasted money, time, and resources to try and make something public that could have been done privately mm-hmm. so they can use it as a public narrative to try and give themselves a higher stance over the other side. You know? And I hate thinking that, but at this point, that's the only logical conclusion I can come to is that I know from the experience I have. You know, the, from the things that we have learned in our time together, that this could have been done privately. It could have been done for and paid for by people whose job it already is to do shit like this. Yeah. We didn't have to spend extra money. It would have just been paid to them anyway. They would have paid their regular salaries. They would have done that instead of whatever the fuck they did in those two years instead. You know, maybe we hired some more FBI agents, in which case we got more jobs for people in this country, which is rad. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's frustrating, but that's the only logical conclusion I can come to at this mm-hmm. point that we can come to at this point is that it they wasted time and money of the American people to try and 
and bolster themselves to a higher point on the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating. Which happens all the time since time immemorial. But while arguing they want to this. save people money. Yes. But I will say this. If you did not truly have a deep-seated belief in our current system, you wouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah. So never never lose hope that regardless of how asinine we think all this crap is, you're still going to keep doing this. The system because is Because we it. believe in this in the actual God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The actual we believe in the system. Yeah. That sounds so messed up when I say that. We do. It I hurts do. me to say that, but I love it. it. I mean, I love America. I believe in America. I love the government. And that's, not, you know, just because the government. Just because politicians do what they have always done and it's just the problem is now it's so much more public than it ever used to be. Yeah. Before all this shit was happening, it probably was a it was a hell of a lot worse I would imagine because it was operating in the dark. But now that it's all in the public light, this kind of shit's going to make them all look terrible. Maybe we'll get lucky, you know. Well, and, and we are because it's starting to lead to a new breed of people more like a what's what's the guy with the eye patch? What's his name? Dan Dan, Dan Crenshaw. Crenshaw. More people like that, you know, who are who are seeing shit like that and they're like, no, mm-hmm. enough of that. You know, we need people who are in there who are actually being honest and trying to get things done. So yep. it's social media has in this way done us a justice, you know, where it's provided people like us at least an opportunity to help expose that and show people that these are not the people we need leading our government. We need more people like Dan Crenshaw, like whatever you know it's the one Derek go- Kilmer. the one good thing you could say about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is she sees the problems with the old guard and the people that have existed and been in the government for too long right that's one thing one positive thing i will say about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is that she sees that problem and that is what of one of many things that pushed her to run right if only she wasn't a socialist it, and i <laughs> if only the one thing i can give her <laughs> so so it's it's at least done us that one that one favor you That's know true. that it's it's shined a little bit of light on like you said what used to be hidden in the dark this nasty corruption that they could keep to themselves you yeah. know can no longer be hidden so it, at least there's that you, you know, know what I want to see, man. I want to see, I want to see Dan Crenshaw and Derek Kilmer get together and oh. start working on some some massive some sick bill. Because you know, DK is always involved in you know government. Um, I don't want to say regulation, but uh, how it's run. What the hell word am I trying to say? Um, I cannot remember. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but you know he's looking to be able to fix the government, and make it run the way it should. Yeah. Um, God, I reform, cannot, reform. Thank you. He's very interested in governmental level reform. Yeah. On the governmental side, and I think Dan Crenshaw believes very deeply in a lot of the same things. And I think if the two of them got together, they would be able to actually do a lot of good, bring a lot of sides together. Crenshaw has juice too. Yeah. He's got like the new social media, like youth juice, you know? Yeah. Oh, this motherfucker, he had the fucking the glass eye that's the Captain America shield. Have you seen that? I haven't. Oh my God. So I don't he, doubt it for a second. So he met, he met Chris Evans, who plays Captain America. Yeah. And is like, oh, hey, peep this, and lifts up his fucking eye patch and has a glass eye in that is Captain America's shield, dog. That is so terrible. What? How sick is that? That's so sick. That's so rad. Oh, that's so rad. I don't care what so you rad. say about Dan Crenshaw. That goes hard. 
I fuck with that. Did you catch Dan Crenshaw on the, uh, I don't know if it was a Sunday special? It was a Sunday was. special. Yes. I yeah, did. it's good. I and, like him. I like that dude. And I will say, too, because I don't know if I if it was precast, but I've been listening to the, a lot of those uh, Ben Shapiro, like the radio show version that he does after the show, the extra two hours. Yeah. He has a lot of guests on, you know, representatives. He had JBP on, I think, a couple times. Really? And, you know, and I couldn't remember if he was on that or on one of his Yeah, it was Sunday special. Do you know? Which, by the way, are really good. His Sunday I, specials are really good. They are. Because it's a whole, that's the Ben Shapiro that I love, you yes. know? And I'm a real Ben Shapiro. I've been listening to more Ben Shapiro lately just because he's got a lot of interesting shit and he's funny. He's, that's, he's lately funnier. he's been funnier. Um, yeah. and so I like it, but, um, can I share something with you? Like a revelation I think I just had like Please. moments ago. Um, my mom is going to hate this and I love it. Um, I think that if I were to run for office today, I probably would have to run as a moderate Republican. I know you um, would be because yeah. I have too much bad shit to say about like the Democratic Party and the way that it's being done now. Like if I was to run for office, you know, I would have to run as a Republican. Well that's what uh just Howard a, Schultz's problem is right now. Yeah. Because yeah. he's running as an independent because and he doesn't want to be a Republican. He's too dangerous to the Democrats to even allow him in. Yeah. Like even if he wanted to, he would not be allowed to run as a Democratic Democratic candidate because he is more moderate than anyone else running. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Pete Buttigieg is an interesting one, but maybe we'll talk about them more later. Um, but I think that's kind of wrapped up. There's not too much more to go into about the the actual report itself because it is so short. Yeah, and so we won't really know. All the ins and outs, and I can't wait to start going through the totally redacted version of the report and reading all the sections. And I wish that because that's going to be a thing. I wish that Daryl Kilmer wasn't our representative because if I wanted to run for representative, I wouldn't want to run against Daryl Kilmer. You know, like <laughs> right? That's that would suck. Like I would be like, this guy is really cool, and do I do what other he's politicians like, do. Wanna... Just move to the other end. <laughs> yeah, of the just district. just run in another district. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. You just got to, you know, rent out an apartment and get your mail there. You don't <laughs> technically even need to live there. That's really funny. <laughs> that's uh, But that's a gerrymandering situation, yeah. I think. Uh, but I wanted to – this is kind of like a sidebar one, and it's nothing that – I want Sidebar. To blind, I wanted to blindside you with this. I don't know if you've heard uh, one of questions they asked, you know, after the report came out, um, oh my God, did you happen to see his rally or hear any of the snippets from his rally I that he just, did afterwards? Uh, just a little bit, not a oh. lot. I, I forgot to watch it. It's a, I mean, you've seen some of his rallies before. It's bad. It's like that, but he's, you know, he's on a, you know, a triumphant victory lap right now. So it makes it even worse. But somebody had asked him, you know, I can't remember what it was exactly, but he he had said that the you just wait, um, you know, because he's all of a sudden brought up healthcare. He says, "You wait, Republican Party is now going to be the the party of healthcare." No, oh, right. So now right, apparently right. he's taken back up the healthcare fight. Do you think that's even? Why would he do that? <sighs> Man, I don't get it. Like, is has there been like secret talks in the background that somebody else has been? They've been working out a healthcare deal. Well, and like, what do you think, especially with Democrats 
like having the house now. Like, what do you think that you're going to get done? That no, this is all 2020 campaigning. It's that's and, all this is. And what I'm saying is, like, even then, if you're going to run on it, then you're going to have to you're going to have to do something, right? You gotta have you're going to have to. So, so what I'm saying is, is when you get asked about it, inevitably, right? What are you going to propose that isn't going to be nationwide healthcare? That's going to work for anybody that you're going to even have a chance of fucking passing because you bet your ass if President Trump wins in 2020, the Democrats are taking the Senate and a bigger part of the House because especially with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, all these new ones coming in. Other people are like, we're doing it. We're out here. We're taking it. We're fucking in there. So, you know what I'm saying? You you got more people who are into I feel confident. I'm calling it now. President Trump wins in 2020. The Democrats are taking the House even more. They're gaining seats in the House, and they're taking the Senate. Okay. I don't agree with you on that one. But we're going to find out. I feel confident. Yep. Because that is less than a year away now. Yeah. Boom, dog. 2020 is coming, bro. And it's going to get dirty. Um, But anyways, yeah, I... He had said that, and I think Shapiro had said something about it, but my mind started to wonder, why would you... Because there's no policy behind this. Yeah. None of this is all just him choosing just now. shitty saying. You're going to campaign on health care during your 2020 election because... And I think it's his counter to the, the Democratic candidates running mostly on a Medicare for all situation. Oh, absolutely. So... How? Why are you picking out that fight? I feel like Medicare for all defeats itself. But just, yeah. sim- just simply for the fact that you cannot pay it without upping everybody's taxes enough to make every single American really feel it. Yeah. And but anyways, I just yeah he had said that. Strange. It's a str- going, does seem a strange issue to pick. Why um, would you do that? Out of all the things, man. When especially when like I said the. The hot topic right now is nationwide healthcare, like some type of, yeah. you know, public option or single payer or what the fuck ever. Like there's all these discussions, like that's what's being talked about. And you want to talk about mm-hmm. healthcare of all the. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to get too deep into it because that's because I didn't do, you know, I haven't done any real research on this right. yet, but I've heard, you know, a lot about um, how his, the, the ACA, Obamacare, as he would call it, yes. has been getting defeated in, in the courts a lot lately. And so I think he's trying to pick up with run with that and actually get rid of the ACA like he had ran on his first campaign. And then he can just check another box maybe on his presidential campaign saying like, hey, you know, I said I was going to I was gonna get rid of Obamacare. I did that now. Right. You know, I said I was going to build a wall. Well, I stole a bunch of money from the military and I'm building your fucking wall. I did that. You know. I he's he can say he did that a lot already. It's just another another posturing thing. That it makes, could be. I'm hoping. Sense. Yeah, because I don't know, man. I just the 2020 stuff is getting really this guy interesting to me. This guy. <sighs> but you got anything else to say on the Mueller? Um, no, I think that's all I got on the Mueller report. Uh, we can go. Ahead and, you want to move on to the Green New Deal? You want to talk about Green New Deal? Let's do a light one before we hit Green New Deal. Deal. This is one that. I had mentioned to you that Washington a- Washington State has just legislatively passed yeah. the raising of the smoking age to 21, smoking yeah. and vaping. 
It passed the House a couple of weeks ago, 66 to 30, and the Senate 33 to 12 last week. And now the only thing that has to be done for it to be law is Jay Inslee to come back from his presidential campaign to nowhere so that he can sign the thing. So we will be joining the the likes of California, Hawaii, Maine, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Utah, Virginia, and Oregon. By there's already states that age. do that? Yeah, there's nine states. Alaska. What? Because I was Alaska was the first place Why? I was stationed in the Coast Guard. What's the what's the justification for this? Like, what's the argument? Because smoking kills people. That's fucking crazy. Is, that is know? crazy. Are you? Can you? What if you're in the military? Can you buy them in your military? No. Not Same reason you can't buy alcohol. Base? No. That is absurd. You can't do that. Well, actually, you can smoke cigarettes and drive. I will say you that drink and drive. If you're in the military and you are, are stationed in one of these states, you cannot smoke or vape unless you are 21 because they will adhere to the state's laws no shit yeah even on base and everything yeah so when i was my first station ridiculous in the coast guard was in alaska and the alaska smoking age was 19 still is to this day and so that's so weird the the minute they got to the boat they told me if you smoke at 18 you can't anymore fyi is illegal in this state and you will be held accountable that is so weird, right? I don't understand it, right? Because I guess I under I understand the drinking thing a little bit more because drinking like inhibits you and changes, you know, like how you act and shit and your perception, like you know, your driving and stuff. Like cigarettes don't alter your mind; they just alter your health, right? And I don't smoke. I used to smoke cigarettes. I don't anymore, but yeah. I don't understand why you shouldn't be able to smoke cigarettes, especially, man, if you're like. That's fucking like what people in the military do is smoke cigarettes. That's like all you do is smoke cigarettes because you can't really do anything else. Not as you much smoke these days. cigarettes all the time. Unless you're out in like a field op, then yeah. Yeah, all the time smoke yes. cigarettes. And that's I'm like, and now you can't do that? Because that's crazy. Yeah, I mean it's that's it's a absurd. Thing. So there's a couple aspects to look at that. I mean, there's the health side, of course, which is yeah, I mean, cigarette cigarettes are disgusting. They're highly, highly addictive. You know, they don't advertise, I don't think, much at all anymore. So I don't know how that could be a problem. Vaping, on the other hand, has been getting hit extremely hard for going after, you know, directly marketing to kids in high school. Jewels and shit in particular. I remember yeah. that they're like working on getting banned or something, right? The these jewel? fucking, these yeah. assholes, right? Yeah. Here. Um, <laughs> we're not going to get that sponsorship. Uh, that's fucking jewel. Exactly. Uh, but, anyways. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting thing. And then from a, you know, but on a more libertarian-minded level, you know, if, again, I always go back to if you can join the military and go sign up and go die for your country and kill people for your country, you can't come back home and have a cigarette or have a cigar and a scotch in the hot tub yeah. with your dad like I did when I came back from my first leave. No, I wasn't technically legal to, I was legal to smoke, but I wasn't legal to drink. But that's what we did because it's, I mean, it was like a thing. It's like a rite of passage in a way. And so I have a lot of fundamental arguments with that. But in all practicality, I'll be interested to see what the numbers do. Because 
raising the legal age to smoke is not going to stop kids from smoking. Fuck no. Because they start smoking way before they're 18 anyway. There was a store that I used to be able to go to to buy cigarettes at when I was 16. Like, there was a gas station that would allow me to go and do that. There was, Which will remain nameless. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's why, it, yeah, it's, it's a gas station that would allow me to go there. And if the right person was working, they would just take your ID and look at it and then just give it back to you, you know? Um and that's I handed my school ID over before, you know, like they just the camera's just there and just has to see that you look at identification. That's like word, you're 18, you know. Yep. And so I I don't know, like kids are gonna smoke if they want to smoke, you know what I'm saying? But it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I have always thought that it's certainly if you're able to join the military and and go and serve you should be able to drink and and if not in the state that you live in then there should be a bar on base that you can go to and have some drinks and then at least it's on base and you're being moderated and whatever can't people know what's like you can't yeah. go anywhere you can't drive people know what's up like there's MPs out there doing shit you know if you got to work in the morning people know what's up like it's, you know what i'm saying yeah. you know i've always been in favor of that so i think that that's wild but the smoking thing i don't even begin to understand a little bit because it doesn't change your I, I don't know so what you're saying is you are totally okay with young children being addicted to nicotine <laughs> and getting lung cancer and dying. I don't think that they should do that. And every young kid that I see that's smoking, I'm like, yo, I know everyone tells you this, but you shouldn't smoke because I smoked and it's terrible for you. Um, but it, it, it you is got, like you got to make your own decisions. You know, there's people who there's people who smoke through holes in their throat, you know, if you want to smoke cigarettes, you're going to smoke cigarettes. And, as shitty as that is, like, that's your right to smoke through a hole in your throat, you know? Yeah. I'm no one to tell you that you can't do that. And if you're able to vote, there's – you got Democratic candidates talking about lowering the voting age to 16. 16? To 16, my G. Yeah, to know. 16. And you're – but you're not old enough. I driving, much less you're old, you're old enough to vote, but you're not old enough to decide if you want to smoke, you know? And, and that seems crazy to me. When like, I was 16, I thought I should have been able to vote. It's like you're that weird. stupid at that age. It's like you think you you want into this party. Uh, not really. It's weird, you know. The 16-year-old of 20 years ago even is not even recognizable to the 16-year-old in 2019. And I do man, I'm I'm the type I'm the type Crazy. of guy that that will half jokingly half jokingly say that there should be some type of test to be able to vote you know you got to show that you have competency in like least the four issues that are like talked about right now you know at least yeah. understand what this is i mean how like, dare you want the system to function correctly and, with and an you want it and you want a six, you want a 16 year old kid to be able to vote you know yeah i know like that's ridiculous that that's absurd that you would even say that to me <laughs> like that's absurd that you would even uh, say that to me but you don't want someone who's 18 years old who's a legal adult who can like have their own insurance and have their own job and die in the name of the country. You don't want them to be able to smoke yeah. because it's bad for you. Don't you know, and you know what? what? You know what I think is even more crazy? This is absurd. What? Legislation that would murder all the cows in the nation. <laughs> get rid of all the airplanes in the nation. That's what you call a hard segue to oh, the Green New goodness. Deal. I love it. <laughs> Yes, so we are going to talk about on Tuesday the Senate voted um, 
57 to 0 in favor of blocking the Green New Deal. Uh, so 57 to 0. Which is weird because you would hear that and you would say, oh, so they passed it. But they didn't uh, because all of those zeros is the Democrats who voted present instead of yes. Um, and so Mitch McConnell forced a vote. He, he, he pushed it onto the floor because he's he's the Senate leader and gets to choose what gets voted on. And he's like, hey, guess what? We're going to vote on this. If you guys think it's such a good idea, then let's vote on it. So Which he said publicly that was he, his intent. Yes, was I to want vote on it. all of these these senators, including – you know, the vast many of them that are running for president. Yes. To actually put their name on this and put their put their vote where their mouth is. And that was his intent is before 2020 for people to know who is and is not in favor of of this. And this is really important. Right. Who is and is not in favor of this non-binding resolution, <laughs> right? So that's going to be really important when we when we start talking about this a little bit more, um, yeah. and you know this having been obstruction and and whatnot. So, um, so like we said, Mitch McConnell pushed it onto the floor. He said we're going to vote on this, and then it was fifty-seven no's and zero yeses because all those other people voted present, and immediately afterwards. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and many other people called the vote a sham. And, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez specifically asks why we're doing this, but we're not having Senate hearings on climate change. Right. Like, why are why are we why are we trying to vote on this and trying to pass it? This thing that I put my name on and said that we should pass. Why are we trying to pass that instead of having this conversation about climate change? Why are we trying to pass something that could maybe spark conversations about climate change? Right? It's literally in, in the resolution because that's that what this any is about. New bill brought up would have to be put to a committee that focuses on climate change and so, everything that would be passed legislatively. Period. And it's in it's in the fucking Green New Deal. And so, right around the same time that Alexander Ocasio Cortez is saying this, and I have a really great quote here. Let me share this uh, Kamala Harris quote first. Oh God. Combating this crisis first requires the Republican majority to stop denying science and finally admit that climate change is real and humans are the dominant cause. Kamala Harris, Democrat 2020. Okay, so right around the same time that she's saying this and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is saying that, Mitch McConnell is being interviewed at the same time and he's being asked about climate change and he's like, I believe that climate change is real and I believe that humans play a huge role in it, but I don't know what we should do about it. And that's why I think we should talk about it. What the fuck, man? You're, you're what down at the, on the other hall or still in, in the chamber and you're like saying things that are directly contradicting what he is openly saying and willing to put on public record because he's Mitch McConnell. He's been around the block a lot of times because they're best really believe, bad at this. Best believe if he's telling the reporters that, then he's willing to go and stand in Senate or testify under oath. Yeah, I said that, and that's true, because I said that to the reporters, and I said that to America, that I believe in climate change, I believe humans take effect on it, but I don't know what we should do about it. That's why I want to, that's why I want to do this, that's why I want to pass this, and we can, we can have some type of discussion about it. So it's, this is the establishment it's, fighting back. It's That's what very this is. strange. Very, very strange, you know? And I don't understand how that argument of Mitch McConnell obstructing... Because that's that's what they're saying, right? Especially Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that she said that she told them to vote present, to fight this sham vote, because they should be, 
you know, and we don't know why we're voting on this instead of having a discussion about it, you know, because we're not even able to to have a debate on it. Yeah, because her, know, like her we're main voting on it contention, like at the minus all the drama and the bullshit is she wanted it to be put to the floor for debate. Right. Not just voted on and passed. She wanted to debate it. But I think that's a weak ass argument, and it doesn't. It doesn't. You're I don't just think getting your way. You, there, there's no debate. You already have your dream piece of possible non-binding resolution. You've already written it. You should be happy that they and, just want to vote on it and not change it and fiddle with it all. Well, and so check this, right? Because I feel very confidently, and I don't. I can fact check this if someone would like, but I feel very confident that there's no rule in the Senate that would hinder them from debating on it again after it's been passed you know what i'm saying especially because ideally for aoc this is going to get passed right the non-binding resolution will get passed and then in that case you have an even stronger argument for hey we've got 51 people that voted in favor of this we need to talk about it we need to debate it because we have 51 people senators on record in favor of this it theoretically right i'm not saying that's what it would have been that's (laughs) theoretically it's ideally in her favor you know you would have at least a small majority of people who voted yes for this in which case do you truly not think that you could stand Again, in front of all these cameras like you do all the time and say, we just had a majority yes vote and Mitch McConnell is still standing there denying us a debate on this, which a, a majority of senators want. Do you really think that like that you wouldn't be able to do that? Because you could. There's nothing stopping you. It's this is this is absolute nonsense. This it's, this whole thing is nonsense. Yeah. And somebody I think this is a lot of like I said earlier, this is minor league people that are realizing now they're in the big leagues and things don't. There goes the game. Is what you lost? Your there goes every fucking time. Could crash every fucking time. But the game is being played, and they're not keeping up. They're making bad moves. They've committed too far left. They now have to back those up, and they can't. They can't honestly do that because the people who actually vote for them, not just the the public mass that they're speaking to, the yeah. people that actually vote for them may have second thoughts about certain things like, you know, what do you do with all the cows right. and all the airplanes? What do, I don't, I would like to know answers to that. How do you I get from Hawaii this. back to, you know, the continental United States when this happens, if you're not allowed to have airplanes? How? Maisie we Rona was just stranded. We don't have a bridge or anything or, you know. We I want a know. massive, that's. Elon Musk. And we don't want big boats anymore. You we know? want Elon Musk to build us a the greatest feat of man-made engineering, a tunnel from underwater. L.A. underwater to Hawaii. to Hawaii Jesus, in like five hours. In like five hours. <laughs> Actually, I don't know how it far. It would probably be Hyperloop, so it would be, it would be, it would be even Super faster fast. than flying. You know, I don't know how long it takes to fly to Hawaii, but it would take probably like two hours or some shit like that. To Dude, get it would it do be so Hawaii. quick. And you would just fucking sleep and wake up and you'd be like, ah, Hawaii, here I am. Dude. You know? There you go. Done. That's what, if AOC really wants this done, she needs to hook up with Elon Musk. She needs to be a part of the boring company. And there that's that's the way that she's going to get it done. But Shout she's out too naive company. to know that. <laughs> and I don't like, I don't generally like to 
just straight talk shit about her, you know? But I think that you're right. Like, the only thing I can really think about this is that this just shows that she doesn't know what she's doing, you know? And I'm not sitting here saying that if I was in her seat, I'd be doing a thousand miles better. I think I'd be doing slightly better because I think I, I truly think even with no degree that just with how much I care about the government and politics, how much I keep myself in the loop, I think I could at least not sound like a fucking idiot as many times as she had, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it concerns me, you know, that there are so many people that I see all the time that are championing someone who I know doesn't know what she's talking about and obviously doesn't know the channels she's supposed to follow through the Senate, right? Or through any of these bodies that she's supposed to be involved in, you know, because she, she went in there and uh, by all means she did, she, I'm not, I'm going to say it. She forced her way onto a committee, right? That with prestige, but she still doesn't have respect for, the other people that work with her no. because they know how she got there. They know that she forced her way on there. Those same people don't all the way, don't always respect Nancy Pelosi, you know? So they don't respect her, even though she's, she's forced her way onto this, yeah. onto this committee. But you still have regular citizens who are championing her, who are saying, this is it. Like she's, she's the queen. She's the one doing it. You know, she's leading the party, but she doesn't know what she's doing. And anybody who even pays halfway full attention to what's going on, you know, they know that. So let me ask you this real quick. What is a freshman congressman's term limit? Is it two years or first go around? Yeah. Every time two years, yeah, two, years. Okay. two years. So yeah. She has to run for reelection in 2020. Yeah. And she is not popular in the city of New York anymore after the Amazon debacle. Ah. I think her tenure in politics is going to quickly grind to a halt. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be crazy if she just one-termed and out? Wouldn't that be fucking wild? I wouldn't be surprised. It just depends on if anybody's going to run against her. You know? And that God, district, I hope it may so. not, you know, would the guy that she just threw out, would he be able to double up and throw her back out? Crowley? Joe I Crowley? Doubt it. Yeah. yeah, probably not, but... But if if there's if there's only twenty five thousand people voting in that in that district, you know, I don't. There's nothing to stop someone from getting twelve thousand people to vote for them. You mm-hmm. know, twelve thousand seven hundred and fifty. Like, there's nothing to stop you from yeah. from doing that. I don't. The same way that she did, because she's not spending her time in New York anymore. She's spending her time in Washington. Nothing to stop someone from doing that. Yeah, you know? she's she's not Jenny from the block anymore, man. Someone she's more moderate, expensive to- clothes, living in luxury. You know, she has health care yeah. for the first time, apparently, which she's very proud of. Someone more moderate to be like, listen, she don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about because I would have taken it. those Amazon jobs. Yeah. I would have done it. I would have done it, man. So, yeah, I just think that she hurt. I think her rising star uh, yeah, right. burned a little too hot. I think she's going to fizzle out. But that's just me. I don't. I challenge anybody to prove to me that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez knows what she's talking about because I don't believe it. I don't think that's the case. And I'm not saying that she's a fucking idiot because I don't think that she's stupid. But I don't think that she has enough knowledge about, like I said, the way that these legislative bodies are supposed to work and the way that just the way that government works, you know, and the speed that it takes and the things you have to do and the elbows you have to rub and the fucking the dicks you have to suck to like get shit done, you know, to really get it done in a meaningful way that people respect and will follow through with, you know, because yeah. like I said, she's 
she's in this this position of respect, you know, and has all these people around the country who are young kids that are like, you know, this she's the fucking one. But everyone she works with is like, she's shut the fuck up. Like you're here and you're making it her boss. Nancy Pelosi, not her boss, but like, you know, the head of her party, Nancy Pelosi is is telling her, sit the fuck down. Like we're not doing that. You know, we're not no. doing that here. Like sorry, that's, you're not in charge here sweetheart you know what I i'm am. saying again if that's not me that's not men that's not the patriarchy that's nancy oh. pelosi telling her we're not doing that here like i applaud you know your your vim and your vigor but we're not doing that here yeah that's like, not that's how not, this works no we are a team apparently well and whether or not it should be that way or not but the the real the reality on the ground is that that's the way it is i mean that is loyalties yeah. to at least on the upper levels of Congress, you know, and then and then completely in the Senate for right. the most part, except for maybe a ten percent or something right. like that. But loyalties at the upper levels in these parties in Congress are all to the party, the party as a whole, and the direction the party wants to go. Yeah, it's the only reason why so many Republicans still stand behind President Trump because they don't want to taste take the risk of trying to primary him and losing against someone else because it's bad for the party. Right. So they're all holding their noses and dealing with it. And I think it's it's the same type of thing on this side, except, you know, every now and again, you know, Skeletor's got to be like, no, no, sweetheart. I get what you're trying to do, but yeah. that's not how things work here. It just, as, you know, whether it's right or wrong, that's just not the way things work that way anymore. Right. At least for now. I would love it to work that way. Yeah, but there's not a, you know, just not enough people who understand or who see that, you know, that like she has that position, but not respect, you know, it's she didn't get it through the right way, through the correct channels to provide her with the juice that, that she would need to like really have power in that seat, you know? Yeah. I mean, as it is right now, you almost have to go undercover and, and hope that your true values and beliefs still hold after multiple re-elections and you know once you're a 10 year and then you know you're sitting there after you could three even or four terms in and you're a fucking badass you're on committees then you start to bring out your real self again you say okay now i have enough power that i can fight within the party and i can maybe change the party from within well that's and, a long shot and i even feel like you could you could be boisterous as a as a freshman but still like i said not not be as aggressive as she was in going after a position of power like that. You know, mm-hmm. you could be there and be voting in, but still be very boisterous and very loud with your opinions like she is. And you're still going to get that attention. People are still going to pay attention to you. Yeah. But there you maybe get a little, you might get a little bit more respect because for the same idea, you're not afraid to speak your mind. You're not afraid to be aggressive, but you're still going through the channels. You're still playing by the rules. You're still doing what you got to do. But when you get asked about it, you're not afraid to tell America and tell the media, no, this is how I feel. This is what I think should be getting done. Mm -hmm. And this is how I'm leading my, you know, my life as, as representative. But you really got to know what you're doing, which I don't think she does. She doesn't. And that's why. So it's not that what she's doing is bad. It's just the way that she's she's doing doing it. it. Yeah. 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 Because. Even by yeah, not because forcing, she's a woman. Not be sorry. I don't no. want to interrupt you, but I want to be really clear about that. That it's not because she's a woman. It's not because we are men. It's not because the patriarchy or because of anything. It's because of her lack of knowledge of the functions of the United States government. And it's not even because she's a freshman. It's just the fact that, like you said, even as a freshman, there's a right way to do that. Yeah. And it's this was not it. This was not it. And unfortunately, I don't. I don't know in 2020 if there's going to be more activist types of people 
getting in because right now everything's so focused on the presidential debate. You have to wait for an off year midterm, yeah, to to really shine. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I really don't see. I don't know. Twenty twenty still makes me them twenty twenty twos. I'm telling you, the Dems are coming. Yeah, I don't think that it will be. All super progressive Democrats, I think that a lot of them, not a lot, but I think some will be more moderate. But I think that you're going to get a lot of Dems that, that come out in those 2022 midterms if, yeah. if Trump wins. That's what I think. Well, speaking of midterms and yes. candidates. You want to go to the candidates now? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So in the – we're kind of loosely basing this around, I feel – Around the NPR Politics podcast as they are covering. Yeah, they're serious. Right? Um, so the ones that they talked about this week were Charles Schultz, Kirsten Gillibrand, and Tulsi Gabbard. Yes. Right? So this one was pretty good, I felt. Um, and so let's say talked about Robert Schultz first, which that's not his name. Robert Schultz? Robert Schultz. Yes. It's Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz. Is it Howard so Schultz like or Robert Schultz? It's, it's Howard Schultz. It Fuck! Now I'm just like, who's the peanuts guy? I'm like, it's, yeah, that's Charles Schultz, right? It's bad. Howard, Howard Schultz, Schultz is the CEO the, the of Robert Starbucks. Schultz? I don't know. It's bad. Anyway, um, so I didn't write down a whole lot about him because I just kind of wrote down things as I, you know, as I listened to them in the podcast. Right? Apparently, um, Robert Schultz is a dead guy. Oh, recent eulogy. Sad. Oh, that's sad. Anyways, uh, <laughs> bring down the um, house a little bit. He. I, for at least thus far, is the only candidate that they've, that they've covered who's been willing to say that the Democrat candidates are just keep going farther and farther left of each other. Yeah. Um, and that that is not going to broaden their appeal to the country to try and get the votes for president. And I at least appreciated that. You yeah. Know? Which is why he's running as an independent. Right. Which I still think it's interesting why they talked about him on on NPR. They kind of just spent most of the time shitting on him. Yes, which I also thought was interesting that I they think didn't it's have in line with the Democratic Party yeah, narrative. Yeah, they did not have a single positive thing to say about the way that he represented himself and mm-hmm. I actually was kind of like, "Why well, don't I hate that?" You know, I don't I don't love the idea of of not a politician being the president again because it's a shit show, but um, you know, I don't I didn't hate the things that he had to say generally. But I don't know. What do you, what do you have about, what about Howard Schultz? Well, I mean, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, just looking at the way he runs his business, for one. <laughs> yeah. That I don't want that. You know, if that's any sign of things to come on the governmental level, no thank you. I don't want any part of that situation. That makes sense. You know, and he's not really – he is coming – he's coming at it with a lot more common sense and um, much more moderate when it comes to – you know, anything coming out of like Kamala Harris's mouth. And I think anything, that's but, probably what I appreciate about it. That is nice. from the Democrats. But I think it's kind of sad that in today's world, he's considered a small D Democrat. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's, and that's still, he's still rather progressive. He's probably a Republican if you ask Pod Save America. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they, <laughs> oh, they fervently hate him. He's a fucking fascist. Man. Yeah, he's a terrible capitalist who just makes money off of the, the backs of poor people. But yeah. at the same time, Starbucks as a company, right? The way he runs Starbucks. Because this is the way I don't believe, especially when politicians are running, I don't believe most of the things that come out of their mouth. Right. And so I would like to uh, examine their actions. And so the way I view Howard Schultz is how he has run Starbucks. Starting it from, because he grew up in the projects and he started this company. And now we have this worldwide phenomenon. 
I would like that. I would like that mindset and that business sense very much fiscally to be in the Oval Office. Yeah. That would be great. But then now how we run the company now and, you know, a lot of the public stances they've taken on issues, you know, there was that whole, those guys got, got arrested in Philly for loitering. And yeah. then that just, that turned into a racist, Starbucks is racist now. And there's always a new, you know, the left is always trying to come after Starbucks for some kind of thing when they do like a holiday cup. You know, the Christmas cup and all the Jesus, the Christmas cups. And he always bends to their like progressive, their progressive narrative. And I don't like that part about him. Yeah. And it makes me worry that if the public demands, I don't, let's, let's do the transgender bathroom one. Mm. You know, if they demand that, which I don't fundamentally agree with. I would be worried that he would force that upon the entire nation he at a whim because the, the public, public demands it yeah. and wouldn't think the whole thing through. Whatever conclusion we came up to, I don't. I wouldn't trust that he would think that through, and I think he would make a rash decision that would make people happy. I think that is a valid concern. So I would not consider that. That's what I would think of Howard Schultz. Yeah. So, so I'm not a real fan of his. I like the way that he thinks independently as a candidate right now. But I don't think his history lends a vote. To yeah, me, at least because I'm stuck here, man. I'm, I can't vote for Donald Trump again. <sighs> yeah, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, I'm, am I just screwed in this election? Because ain't nobody gonna try to primary him. He's too delicate a subject to pri- try to primary. I mean, there will probably be a couple, but that's all I want is for someone legitimate to try and primary Trump. That's mm-hmm. all I want. You know, somebody like. Marco Rubio would stand a chance if he was more charismatic. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, ben Sass would be a really good one to run against him, yes. but he won't because he's been too much. He's not a. He's not as vocal as like Lindsey Graham. Yeah, he's just he's in the background right now. He he doesn't hard charge like that right now, which is interesting. Yeah, which is a shame. I think he, he I think wouldn't even vote to overturn the national emergency. Fucking Ben Sass. Yeah, that was. Upsetting to me. Yeah, I really liked Ben Sass, and that really frustrated me. And I still like him as a person. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter. Yeah. He has two Twitters: his personal one and his present or his congressional public one. Solid choice. I have his book. I've, list- I've listened to his book. It's a great book. That's it's all about said. life stuff. It's it's on the level of like JBP too. You know, the same values that the two books teach are very very similar. Um, so I I like him, but I don't see anybody actually primarying him. Which means we're gonna, we get to talk about him for another fucking four years. Yay. Before we go to Kirsten Gillibrand, I want to ask you about something that I think we may or may not have forgotten to talk about last week, sure. which is Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax. Um, okay. Because I don't know that we talked about I don't think so. Last week. So Elizabeth Warren... Um, I'm trying to remember all the has, specifics of it now. Well, so it's, it's, it's pretty general, right? Yeah. Because her wealth tax is... Would be a two percent tax on assets over fifty million dollars every year, and a three percent tax on assets over one billion dollars every year. And she says over ten years, <clears throat> excuse me, that would generate two and three quarter billion dollar trillion dollars, mm-hmm. um, which still isn't enough to pay for Medicare for all. By the way, <laughs> I think it's like half, maybe. Um, so what do you? What, what are you my thinking? thoughts on a wealth yeah. tax? Oh yeah. my god, I have so many thoughts on a wealth wealth tax. Yeah, 
in in the eyes of equality, equity, we'll say, in the eyes of equity, that is a very good idea because they have wealth to spare. It's not too much. It's two to three fans. Quit rubbing up against that thing with oh. the beard. I know how good it feels, though. Yeah. That I five just shaved, too, so it's all, like, soft. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Forget that we can hear it. Right. Um, the the Yeah, the wealth tag. That sounds great if you have equality of outcome as your goal. Because rich people aren't going to hurt that much. 2% at 50 more and more or whatever. 3% at billions. But the problem is, this is America. And in America, we believe in freedom. And if you are free to be better than everyone else financially and you're not doing anything illegit, which I would argue a lot that there's a, there's a lot of shit in, in corporate, you know, the way corporations are run that is probably pretty illegit that we might need to address. Yeah. But it is still not right to punish somebody financially for being successful. To take shit that they've already been taxed on it and is paid taxes. Absolutely on. counter counter to what the government is supposed to do by protecting life, limb, and property. Or life li- uh shit. What was it? Life, liberty, and property. There you go. Yeah. Jesus, that was a brain fart. You know, you're now infringing on all of those, except yeah. for the life. I mean, that is, it's so counter American. You cannot do that. As the problem is, capitalism is as close to perfect a system as I can think of. But it's, it's the best not, one we've got. It's not totally perfect. And that's fine. There are going to be situations like this where a few people make a shit ton of fucking money and it's not fair. But life isn't fair. It's not. I mean, there are still plenty of opportunities to be a part of that system as well. Yeah. You know, that the the freedom of opportunity has not gone away. Period. It's greater now than ever before. There's no way we're sitting here doing a radio show that a lot of people don't listen to. Right. But we could still do that in hopes that in 2019 it is very possible for us to do this for a number of years and then make a living doing it. And potentially, when you look at a lot of the political pundits and stuff like that that go independent like this, do a very good living. Yeah. It's not – it's better now than it ever has been before. But we have more eyes on that equality, the financial you know, inequality and stuff like that. And we have concerns about it because it is not fair. But life isn't fair and it's – that's just the way it is. We can't have – Everybody just, you know, we can't just tap all the rich people to start paying for all the the non-rich people. It just, it's fundamentally wrong whether or not the outcome is a good intention. <clears throat> so that's where I'm at with wealth tax. <laughs> Word. No, I like that. Um, I I thought, I don't know, we, I, we talked about it a couple weeks ago that I, I just don't see taking people's money as a way to fix uh no. financial inequality i know i still am like really really on the tilt of like incentivize these people to donate more money you know oh. give them tax breaks for donating money like i i was i was thinking the other day like make it something that not just a corporation <sighs> excuse me. can get can do to take advantage of so i you was know, that that's part of the corporate tax loophole is you give x amount of money to charity which yeah. is a drop in the bucket to them and you get a massive tax break 
You should make that available to every American. Well, and you can do that. Dollar like you for can, dollar, what you donate to a charity yeah. should be re. It should be come out of your taxes. Dollar for fucking dollar. And I don't. I mean, you certainly Maybe. like when you Close. go to Goodwill, like you can get you know a tax receipt and you can claim that on your taxes as donations, and mm-hmm. you do get something. But I'm thinking for like large, because I don't know exactly what the deal yeah. is on that, right? But I'm talking more like large scale shit, where I'm wondering if there is a number that you could get to for like every dollar, it's point zero zero one percent, you know, of a of of a tax break, however, you know, that you get off of your taxes, yeah. you know? And then if you, if you donate fucking $3 million, you know, you get a 3% break or whatever on your taxes. Overall, you get that as a credit or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Like, I, is there no way to do that? You know, is there no way? Oh, dude, they're totally like there, nuts. there has to be a way. And then you still get that, like the government still gets their nut. You know, if you're like, listen, donate to these places, you know, and you get, this type of whatever just donate to something you give a shit about you know but it has to be like a, a legitimate like a non-profit or something like that you know something that's a real i don't know real 501c3 yeah a real some real shit yeah. you know not not like oh yeah I, I could use some money like not no. girl scouts <laughs> no, but still I'm, girl scouts I'm, because, not gonna, I'm not gonna say that because yeah. even at like goodwills even a it's a right. tough one because it is very helpful. Right. But they still make a shit ton of money. <laughs> it's just, so I don't know but, the correct way for me to classify this, but I mean like something that's that's helping people, you yeah. know? Not a private charity that's like a fucking yacht club or some shit like that. Like I mean yeah. I mean an actual charity. Like the charity that's that really people. helps like, people. The you know, the mom and pop restaurant that once a week, you know, gives food to the the homeless in the community or something like that. Right. Like right. give money to them. Food bank, right? Like if you donate X amount yeah. of dollars to your food bank, you know, you get some like that's like shit like that is what I'm talking about. Something yeah. that that benefits people who who you're targeting for economic advancement. You yeah. know, like it's the for something that benefits those people. I don't see why you shouldn't get the gift. If, if someone wants to drop, tell them drop three million dollars in here. I'm gonna give you a fat tax break. I'm gonna give you a dope tax break if you do that. People will do that. They want that. If you tell them that, they will do it. You know. And I th- but I think even on a a more finite level, if you make it, if you make the payoff great enough for everyday Americans like me and you that can afford, it's like, okay, it's a stretch, but I'm going to donate this hundred bucks this month to this charity that's local or, or even the food bank, anything that helps your community, like the way charity is supposed to do. You should be able to get that, that money, some percentage of it, like you said, yeah. as a tax break, but it needs to be sizable enough to boost the public's participation in charity. And, and that's just going to make the whole world a better place. Well, and like I said, there is some form of that. Like I said, with, like I know, there is. but I don't know exactly what the like breakdown if I, is. But if and I I'm can only, donate $250 a year to charity or something like that, yeah. if I do that, I can put it on my taxes and then it disappears out into the ether and the IRS does yeah. their math in it. And then. I don't know what percentage I get back. A feasible back, way. Apparently, there's some way to do that, but it needs to be sizable enough to... Right. Because in essence, what you're doing at that point is paying for something that the government sh- is already funding or should be funding because there's a community need. Yeah. Right? So let's just say the, the food banks, stuff, they're all um, publicly financed. If you give to them, like you're now... Adding to that pot, and your your that three dollars that you donated is a three dollars the government doesn't have to. Yeah, could be spent on something else, or and we could 
we could come back to us in a tax return. And I'm only talking about these these particular people because these are the people that are being targeted with targeted. I don't oh, use the, the term tax. loosely. Yeah. So that's gotcha. the only reason I'm talking about people with large amounts of money is because those are the people that would be the targets of the wealth tax. You know, gotcha. the people who have over $50 million, over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Tell that person, listen, if you drop $2 billion this year or $2 million this year on some type of charitable donation, mm-hmm. I will give you a fat tax break. And if you do that every year, I will keep giving you fat tax breaks. If you have a billion dollars, you want to give me one percent you know of your of your whatever every year i will give you a three percent tax break on what we're going to tax you on and use that as a credit towards what the fuck ever because you You know i don't think right i'm not well versed enough in taxes to be able to come up with a feasible like plan (laughs) but i'm just speaking in a general idea of a something that like you said would would mean something to them when they file their taxes Mm -hmm. for something that would mean something to whoever they're donating to you, know? so you could almost do a opt-in, opt-out situation. Yeah. You either owe us 2% or I need a receipt that shows you donated 2%. Right. You know what I'm saying? That would be kind of Some dope. shit like that. So like that I might be able to get around. Yeah. But so I'm saying just incentivize people yeah. to donate and they will do that. Like give them, incentivize them with tax breaks to do the things that, like you said, you are trying to do with these taxes. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have to do it. You don't have to worry about it. The government needs less employees. It needs less people up your ass, less people doing shit. Incentivize people to take care of the country so yeah. you don't have to. That if makes you, everyone happier. You definitely. Know? You know, rebuild a school. You know what I'm saying? Hey, this school is dilapidated. It's the one that I live right next door to. My kids have to go to whatever. I don't know. I'm super rich, so they go to private school, of course. But like, I'm going to take $5 million this year, and I'm going to help rebuild this school, and I'm going to build them a new gym, and I'm going to do all this good stuff, and we're going to do this. Now I would like to have a tax break, please. Yep. And that's the type of- Because that's the tax money that, like, tax money should be going to that. Well, and that's the type of area where I could, where I can start to see more of regular people. You know, if yeah. you're, if you're a carpenter and you have those skills and you have the time and you're like, Oh, I can spend, I spend 40, 80 hours, a, you know, 80 hours this year repairing things in the school or working, you know, working on a wing that we built or doing whatever, you know, taking that time and using that as a tax credit for what you did because you donated your skills, which is money to the community, to that school. So the government did not have to, you know, if you, if you donated $3,000 worth of lumber, you know, for, to build the walls of that school, the government didn't have to do that. So let's, let me take that three grand that you took and I'll, we'll add that to your taxes and we'll figure that out through this calculation. You know, that we take yeah. 17% of that and, and we know that's the credit that you get or what the fuck ever, you know, however it works. Why, why are you not doing that? Why is that not the, God, it seems the tax like plan that's being presented? System. I'm fucking 24. Why is this not like the tax plan that's being presented? Like yeah. make it easier for me. Make people want to fix those problems so you don't have to, you know? Yeah. Because I hate to tell you, but we can do it a hell of a lot better and cheaper than the government can. It will do it better and will affect the people in our own communities. Yeah. And the world, like I said, it'll just be a greater place all the way around. And you can figure out some type of catchy way to market it. Just like, you know, Paul Ryan was like, you're going to be able to put your taxes on a business card, on a postcard, you know? Figure out some type of catchy way to sell to fucking Joe next door. Hey, you donate 40 hours to community. You're going to for sure get $1,000 back from the government this year. He's going to be like, wait, what? You're telling me that I can spend one hour a weekend 
not even all year doing something and I'm going to get a thousand dollars back on my taxes. Like definitely he's going to be like, I'll do it. I'll do it right now. I'll do four hours a week and I'll get fucking, you know, this many thousand dollars. I'll do it. I'll do it right now. Like sell that. You know what I'm saying? Sell that to that guy. And you don't have to do that. That 40 hours of work he did. You don't have to pay anyone to do because he's doing it for himself. We need to call up Eric Weinstein. Tell him this. He'll run the the math. He'll run the numbers. He'll make it work. That's a good one. Maybe I just have a big stupid brain and I don't know what I'm talking about, but that seems like it makes a lot of sense. And so, I and that's why I'm not trying to give particular numbers, but I feel like there has to be a way to find numbers that make sense for the government and for the people who are paying those taxes or giving that time, you know. There's got to be a way to, to for that to work. Dude, we put a man on the moon in the 60s. <laughs> we can figure we that gotta shit out. We got to be able to do it. Jesus. Yeah. Get NASA on it right now. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I guess that's where we stand on the wealth tax. Yeah. What we think should be coming out out of her mouth and not what is. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So the next person they talked about in that was Kirsten Gillibrand, right? Um, Oh, and I I wanted to talk about this when we were talking about the Green New Deal. That she was actually, when she talked about it, she kind of came with the idea of like, why not try for zero emissions, you know, which I felt like was really the most legitimate argument for the Green New Deal, you know, for the non-binding resolution. Best argument is like, well, why the fuck not? You yeah. know, it's because that would be great. You know, we I don't think we can do it now, but if we could, that would be awesome. So why not? You know, that's when I read that. I was like, well, fuck, like, I know, like <laughs> you got me there. You know, why not try? Like, it's you know, if we can all agree that that would be ideal, if that that would be ideal if everyone could have a job and it was green energy and everything would be cool. If that would be the best, then why, why not? not? You know, because it's non-binding. It's you're just saying that that's the best. So why not? And I was like, that's dude, so that's that's it. Like, why not, man? And I I think that's a perfect attitude to the way she's been running her campaign this so far. <laughs> her, her bumper sticker is, uh, Chris Kristen Gillibrand. Yeah, why not? And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate her um, when I was listening to her. Um, she talked, a, they talked a lot about her, like changing her mind on certain issues, you mm-hmm. know, because I guess that that's been a problem. I don't, I don't really know that much yeah. about her. Um, well, so, it is to them because they're rather progressive on that politics <laughs> podcast. But she used to, particularly in guns, uh, in yeah. her earlier career, she was very for guns. Now she's very anti guns. But she has a legitimate argument against that and says, hey, as I get older and I learn new things, why can't I change my mind? Yeah, that's what she why said. Why not? Was, yeah, was when she grew up. She grew up in northern New York where people are hunting all their time and doing that type of shit. Yeah. And then she said, as I got did more service here, I met with more people around the country and my views broadened and they changed this, which I think is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with changing your views as long as like that you're able to at least express some type of logic as to how you got there. No, man, you should instead change Instead of, views. instead of, yeah, one day you're like, no, no, gay marriage, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. And then the next day you're like, no, no, gay marriage is like, that's totally legit. Let's do totally. that. Like, that's, hell, <laughs> so. It's, um, uh, you know, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I, I don't no. know that much about her. Like I said, I didn't know who she was before this. I will. That's going to be the story of her c- campaign. As, Kirsten Gillibrand? Who? As sexist as I'm sure everyone, most people, some people will say this is, she's got a really pretty voice. She has a super pretty voice. Like a very pleasant voice, I felt like. Okay. When I was listening. You didn't think so? I just, I guess I just didn't 
she's so milk toast to me. So she sounds pretty. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Like, oh, okay. You fucking patriarchic. <laughs> patriarchal. <laughs> so, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, saying. she doesn't. When after two years, two, <laughs> two plus years of listening to Trump rant, I could take somebody that speaks like Kirsten Gillibrand. Yeah, but the problem is she's never going to go anywhere because her platform right now is, you know, it's essentially like you said. Why not? Every yeah. every she cannot make a like a a cogent argument towards any of the issues one way or the other. She's so mill the road on everything, and she's totally bland and. There's just she's got nothing of substance coming out of her mouth. And that's what she's saying. Not that she doesn't have substance, but that she is middle of the road and that she's very bipartisan. And, you know, I've passed bills on sexual assault with with Ted Cruz and Rand Paul voted for them. And then I passed a bill that Ted Cruz co-sponsored that has to do with, you know, sexual uh, fucking sexual assault in the in, military. In, yeah no 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 after that uh what, oh. what the fuck am i trying to say um sexual harassment uh in the capitol you yes, know yes, her yeah. and ted cruz are the ones that's uh that sponsored that bill um she you know she talked a lot about division among the country you know and that so i think that that's i think that is like her shtick you know is that she's like i'm trying to be as modern as i can and still appeal to the democrats because things have been so divisive you know, and I at least appreciated that part of what she was saying that because I think that that's not untrue, you yeah. know, that Trump has divided people among as many different lines as as really possible, whether or not that was his intent, you know, that's mm-hmm. what's happened, that there's all kinds of different ways people are just split on fucking everything now, you yeah. know, and whether or not that's because of him or whatever, it's happened in his presidency, you know. Yeah, definitely. So I would just say then as a as a candidate. She, like I said, she's too milk toast to go yeah. anywhere because, uh, especially running as a Democrat in the environment that the the Democratic Party is right now, like that, that doesn't fly. You need to be an activist about something, and she just isn't. She's so middle of the road. She's going to get left in the dust, you know. I, and I hate to say it, but somebody like Howard Schultz, you know, she doesn't have any original ideas. She just goes, why can't we all get along together and all this stuff? But why she, you know, she cannot operate that way within the Democratic primary and have anywhere to go. No, she certainly won't be able. Sorry. She certainly won't be able to get enough of the Democratic vote with that mentality, the way that they look right now, or at least the way that they expect them to look right now. You know, it's expected that they're going to have so much youth, you know, that comes with this new wave of voting. And if that's the case, then her being that moderate is not going to work for them, you know, because those are the same people that are going to Diane Feinstein's office and screaming at her about voting for the Green New Deal. You, you know? can't even vote for me. So <laughs> that was the greatest video ever. Yep. Uh, but yeah. Not that's, yet. Not till Mayor Pete's in in, in office. Mayor Pete. Buttigieg. Yeah, but I didn't. So I, I didn't hate Kirsten Gillibrand. You know, I don't. I see. I, I, she appeals slightly to me because of her trying to be moderate, you know. Yeah. But I agree that I don't know in the world of politics that she's going to be able to get a whole lot of footholds and really do shit with that mentality. Because if she had any kind of real true following, she would do better as an independent right now. Yeah. Because she does not belong in the Democratic Party as it is. Yeah. Even with her being an establishment 
you know, member of Congress. She's been there a, a good long while and, and sponsored a lot of bipartisan legislation, like you said. I think but she she's said not 10 a superstar. Years. Yeah, I think it was about 10 years. But yeah, she's just not a superstar. And right now, um, Kamala Harris, you know, all, uh, all the other superstars, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Bernie Sanders, old Beto, he, uh, yeah, they're all. Kick Beto's in. Yeah, baby. But unfortunately, she ain't going nowhere. She's a wet towel yeah. and stuck to the floor. And so now, do you have anything else about uh, Kristen Gillibrand? Other than the fact that I think she's almost as robotic as Hillary Clinton was at the end? No. <laughs> uh, so the last person that they spoke to and spoke about was Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. Who I know that you love, and I've heard a lot of people uh, that I know say that they really love Tulsi Gabbard. Well, I don't know if I'm... Um, I love Tulsi. I used to. <coughs> so what changed for you about Tulsi? See, what had happened was... What had happened was... Um, well, no, there's been some things that have come out, and she's gone... Ever since her Joe Rogan interview... She went on Joe Rogan? Yeah, a while ago. Yeah, okay. definitely. It's a, it was a really good episode, and that's where I was like, man, I actually dig what this chick is saying. And she struck me as a much more moderate, small-D Democrat. Yeah. Which I could potentially vote for a Democrat at that point Yeah, if it was somebody I could stomach. But um, she's gone a little bit more farther left, especially on things like gender issues and... You know, just um, she's. I think she's a, a me. come out and endorse the Green New Deal. I think. Well, and she took so much shit for her dad used to run or does run like a church Straight or do, yeah, yeah for like sexual conversion therapy. Um, so she's taking a lot of shit for that. So I'm sure that that plays. was something. Do you remember? Did you listen to the Barry Weiss episode, Joe Rogan? No, I have not listened to that. Oh, that's actually a really good one. Did she um, talk about that? Yeah, I like Barry Weiss actually as a human. Um, but yeah, she had said something, and she didn't really know a lot about it. But she and she didn't have a lot of details and stuff. And Joe pushed her on it, so she had to shut it down. I was like, Dude, I don't re- really know all about this, but she mentioned it before it had really broken anywhere. Yeah. And yeah, that she had worked for a little while for her father who runs this church that essentially runs straight camps or straight programs or stuff like this. And she doesn't endorse that whatsoever, mind you. And she has disavowed that and said, you know, I'm sorry I did that back in the day, blah, 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 blah. I like the fact that she is a veteran of the United, she's a veteran. Um, and combat she is, veteran, right? I, yeah. yeah, and she is now she's still serving in the National Guard, even even as a member of Congress. Just double rad. double service, bro. But she also has some very strange, double dip. And I, who am I to judge her on this? But she has actually had a face to face meeting with Assad. Yeah, and she doesn't think Assad is really a bad guy, and I think he just essentially pushed one over on her and she was ignorant enough to fall for it. But she, so but who am I to know? Because it's kind of ignorant, but I don't feel like that's really necessarily a, a good thing. No. And so I have, so I had a, a question about that, right? So she, as a result of her meeting in Syria with Assad said that she's not in favor of economic sanctions Against, really yeah. a, at all, you know, anywhere because all it does is hurt the people, you know, which it so, does. So my question is, 
economic sanctions are generally seen as the opposite side of the coin to military intervention. And if she's not in favor of military intervention, as she said also, she's also not in favor of economic sanctions, then what's your plan for foreign policy? Yeah. You know, like what's what are you gonna do when you have someone like Assad or someone like like Un, you know, someone like this, a dictator that's that's openly testing America doing shit where you have to do something. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to put sanctions on them. You also don't want to put boots on the ground. What well, are you going to do? Yeah. Like, Because we're essentially seeing something similar to that with Trump and Un right now. Right. And because I know that, I don't want to discount. I'm not trying to discount diplomacy, you know, yeah. because obviously that's like what's going on. But, but is that when you, the right kind? But I'm saying when, when there's a point where you have to do something, you know, where to yeah. blow like... A, Diplomacy is not the only thing that can happen when you have to make some type of move, you know, like what's, what are you going to do? Yeah. And that's foreign policy is a big concern when it comes to looking at Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. And that's one of the hangups I have. I, I just, I'm starting to find her as she builds her campaign platform and she's been moving farther to the left and hitting a lot of those talking points because Unlike Kirsten Gillibrand, she's trying to stay in the race. Yeah. And I don't know if I would necessarily assume that she's going to follow through with those, but it, it, I don't like the fact that she's bending to that and she can't stand up on her own, on her own thoughts. If, if she indeed has the ones that I would hope she does as an, a relatively independent thinking person. Right. Cause when this interview first started, I like, I didn't really know anything about her. So I really liked her when she first started to talk because, excuse me, she's like the one person I've heard talk about. Let me start with this. She said that she wants to change foreign policy to end counterproductive regime change wars and cold wars that we have going on around the world. Right. Which I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, then she said that she wants to take that money that is going towards that in the defense budget and put it towards things nationally right like healthcare and education public education which i was like that's awesome i was like that's like the best thing i've ever heard that you just said you want to take money out of the defense budget and put, put it towards, towards health care and education that's like the best thing i ever heard that you just said that and then she's talking about well also you know she wants like college free for everybody you know which i'm not like state you know state universities or some yeah yeah it's the um, public you know, community colleges. She's talking about like a $15 minimum wage, which I don't know is necessarily the best thing, which we can talk about another day. Yeah, that's um, a whole other. She's talking about a new tax code, which is, I don't know, At man. At this point, I'm down for As any we new just tax talked code. about, I think, yeah, I, there's something, you know, but um, she said also she doesn't want student loans to be profitable, right? She doesn't want people who lend out student loans to be profitable, which I like think is probably a good thing i guess because then if we're talking about federal student loans yeah 100 percent on board with that yeah but if you choose to go get a student loan from anywhere else from a private bank yeah that's on you but yeah like Fed and it was loan, very vague so i don't know you yeah. know that's all she said because um, i personally have dealt with fed loan and i'm not a fan of fed loan and the amount interest rates are indeed Rather low, yeah. depending on what size of loan you get. The lower ones have higher interest rates, of course, because they're going to get their nut regardless. Right. But at that point, you're offering money to people funded by the federal government, which you then make a profit off of afterwards. Yeah. It's disgusting in my mind. You're a government. You're not, 
you know, the way you're supposed to make money is through levying taxes. Period. That's the only way you're supposed to do that. Well, and it would make trade them, deals. It would make them be more careful with who they give money to, you know, because they which I don't think I don't know, I don't think is a bad thing. Because I don't think the college is for everybody, and I don't think that it should be displayed that way, you know. And I think yeah. that that's and like that's a whole other conversation altogether, right? And that's I think what concerns me about like the college, for, you know, free college for everybody is that yeah. that's not like that's not what's right for everybody. And why are you not also talking about like trade schools and, and like shit like that? Like, there's other things that are better for some people. So much. I know. I they just concerns me that I don't think that that's the, always the best thing, you know, yeah. is college for everybody. So we need a, a micro. To become president. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would tell me that I sound like a fucking idiot for saying that, but that just doesn't. It is. I don't know. No, it's just not for everybody, you know, and not everybody not. needs to go to college. Like that's not. That's why college is so expensive is right. because now we subsidize. Anybody can get a loan for that. So which means in the little insider baseball, Fed loan is not fully funded by the government. It's yeah. funded by private organizations, which is why there's interest on it. And then the government turns around and subsidizes those loans and guarantees those loans, which is, again, why you cannot get out of those loans. But, you know, the private sector, the people that have those contracts with the federal government to run those loans are making bank. Yeah. And it's not right. And by allowing anybody to get themselves into an untold amount of debt like that is irresponsible. At, at the very least, if not blatantly evil, knowing the the true cost of what a debt like that for a young person can actually entail. Yeah. But so I'm a, I'm a fan if people want to take a look at that. That's I'm a big fan of that. So but yeah, it's a just so you know, everybody out there, if you're list if you're interested in listening to her interview with joe rogan it's on the jre podcast episode 1170 word 1170 i'll probably listen to that this week that was a good one but how long is it uh let's find out here it's probably i think i was surprised it was one of the shorter ones which probably was like really an nice. hour and a half or i mean so. not too short though yeah it's probably like two hours so we get back these fucking ads uh okay no i don't want youtube red I oh, hate it's an that. Hour and forty three minutes. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah. Worth. Yeah. I fuck with that. Shortism. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much all I have about uh, Tulsi Gabbard there and uh, the Democratic candidates this week. Do you that's have anything right. else you ever written down that you want to talk about? Uh, as, as far as they go. Yeah. No. Okay. You want to move on to Smollett? Jesse Smollett? Yeah. Word. Pop culture slash newsy politics time. So Jesse Smollett. Everyone knows the story behind Jesse Smollett, at least for the last couple of weeks. So we didn't talk about it because it had been such highly covered, uh, you know, pop cultural news, yeah. uh, where he f- allegedly, I, got I don't even little. know how. Yeah. Okay, okay. Go ahead and run so, it down for us. Allegedly, because even though he's been, yeah, weird, we'll get into it. Allegedly, the incident took place on January 29th in Chicago during the middle of a polar vortex. He alleged that he was accosted by two white men in MAGA hats uh, with ski masks on. Yes. That uh, poured bleach on him, uh, threw racial slurs at him, and then tied a noose around his neck. And then he went back to his his room or his apartment or whatever, filed a police report, hate crime ensues. He's already, he wrote a 
or there was a letter that he got, a threatening letter, a death death threat to his life that he got, and you know he that came to happen. Did it come to his house or to the studio? Do you know? I think it came to the studio, hmm. and so all this stuff is alleged. This has all happened. That's that's what builds the Jesse Smollett case, and this all of a sudden we have Kamala Harris and Cory Booker going out there saying that this is a modern day hate crime. Right? Yeah. And then as the investigation ensues, we find out that that is not exactly what happened. Yeah. So the the two men that have supposedly, allegedly accosted him uh, were uh, two Nigerian brothers who happened to know Jesse Smollett and who he paid them with a personal check to come do this to him. They he went, signed it, right? Yes, which yeah. he signed himself. Yeah. The letter that he received was written by him sent to him mm. um and so all this comes out they the, the handwriting yes it yeah it was pretty bad there was a lot of lot of stuff and it was really really sloppy and dirty and then what was it like the police commissioner that are we are we this far that they found because they found that he didn't do it right or that he didn't he like yes. that, that didn't happen. That yeah. And so then, as the the Chicago PD investigates and the Cook County prosecutor looks into this, the evidence starts coming in. He, so yeah, he did not. He wrote the letter, yeah. sent it to himself, which uh, was apparently over a contract dispute. He didn't think he was getting paid enough money, right, for this whole thing. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, just and, wanted uh, more money. Yeah, he just at the end of this whole thing, it's all about wanting more money. Yeah. Is where this all started. And he tried to... And then the hate crime thing was because he didn't get enough attention from the letter yes. right, of, to talk about the money that he wanted. Yeah. So it was a letter that built up to a fake hate crime, which the Chicago PD found that he was guilty of. And this is when we get into the real meat and potatoes of what's been happening lately. Because this was all... This all started in January, and it's built up, and it's been the news for a long, long time. Yeah. But the latest and greatest things that are happening are we're finding out that it was this week that the Cook County prosecutor... um, What's her name? Fox... Kim Fox, the state's attorney... Yeah, the Cook County State's Attorney General, Kim Fox, dropped all charges against Jesse Smollett. And so this was before the the case went to trial. Mm-hmm. It was it was done in front of a grand jury and the attorney general made the call that they were not they were dropping all the charges and so he was going to be getting a uh, a sentence essentially of community service with Jesse Jackson's um, nonprofit organization which he's already done and that was it. So he made a public announcement, which everybody expected to be an apology, but he insists that he is still innocent. And now this whole thing kind of happens, and it happens pretty fast, right? And the NAACP nominates him for a 2019 um, Image Award. No. Yes. Oh, no. And so, but now we have... Oh, no. The Chicago PD... The head of the Chicago PD coming out and saying that this guy is indeed guilty. This is how this worked. Like, we found, like, all the evidence is there, and it never made it to trial. It It, just was a plea agreement? The court documents have been sealed, quote-unquote, accidentally, as Fox would say, um, which 
is should not be the case from many legal minds that I've been hearing on all these various podcasts are saying like that's no way shape or form how this is supposed to work and so he was guilty of this 100% even the mayor of New York or of Chicago who is so, a crazy left wing nut job comes out and is shitting on this guy and is shitting on the attorney general Kim Fox for dropping all the charges. So it looks for faking like making a hate crime. So it looks like he went in and as like took a plea agreement, but as as part of his plea agreement was like, but I need these to be sealed so no one knows that I no plea agreements. That's not how any of this went down. But it's sealed. That's what I'm saying. It's yes. The documents are sealed. The documents are sealed because, and this is now, this is all allegedly, and President Trump has actually told the FBI to look into this because of the federal level hate crime, which was the sending a death threat through the mail. Um, so now they open themselves up to the FBI. Um, but Kim Fox was the one, because she's the top prosecutor, that ordered the files sealed. And she also was the one that made the call to drop the charges. Oh, because they're just dropped. It's not... Fuck. They're dismissing all charges against him. He did this, but he's getting off scot-free. He had to forfeit $10,000 of his bail money yeah. to the Michigan of Chicago. So they're, they're and he recognizing has to do some community that service, he... Right? And, yeah, and the community service, which some are saying that he's already done... For Jesse Jackson's nonprofit, then, but either way, so I don't understand how how he has to do community service if they're saying he didn't do anything wrong. That's they're not saying he didn't do anything wrong. They're just dropping only the charges. he and his lawyer are. By but the if, way, but if they're dropping the charges, then how are they able to make him do anything? That's because he was guilty, but they're dropping the charges. None of this. You are confused right now because this is not the way the justice system works. Um, so the other little side note, which is kind of interesting, is that somebody who – who was it? I can't remember the name of it, of her now. But it was a family friend, I think, of the Obamas um, reached out. They know Kim Fox. And they reached out to her and asked them to essentially kind of keep it – quiet for the sake of the family and do all this stuff because he is because at that point he was considered the victim still and so that what the fuck they're trying to say that that kind of is why the documents got sealed and so on and so forth the the state's attorney general due to just that simple proximity um being that close to somebody that knows the defendant in this case should have recused herself and failed to do so even though she, like, quote-unquote, said she was going to, but she, her office <sighs> did not actually file the paperwork correctly for her recusal, so she was never actually officially recused from this case. The IPBA, which is the Illinois Prosecutors Bar Association, when this came out <laughs> that she dropped the charges, yeah. wrote a scathing memo that they released publicly that essentially kind of through a very long legal way of saying that there's no way shape or form does the bar association think that this is just ruling or that anything about this is normal it is completely unfamiliar and abnormal abnormal to those who practice law in criminal courthouse across the state Shit. i mean and now that the fbi is looking into it they're probably going to disbar her 
it's it's a bad situation. Do you want to know something crazy? Please. That you may or may not know. Um, this woman was just on Intercepted last week. Um, she's also the same person that is charging R. Kelly for all of that yes. shit. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and she was just on Intercepted last week to talk she was on about else too. Um, to talk about you know all her her yeah. f- large you know oh, on legal daily, adventures. When they talked about yeah. R. Kelly's case on the yes. daily. Her name came up. Yes, so she in some serious trouble because wow, she tried to make this go away. And she got caught doing it. Wow. Whether or not we see anything else major come out of that, I don't know. But regardless, the charges were dropped. So he's out scot-free. What a horribly biased person. that he is innocent. What a horribly biased person, Kim Fox. Terrible. Like, obviously and evidently biased against whoever... Jesse Smollett was trying to slander, you know, Trump supporters or whatever the fuck. Just trying to, you know, seed the divide a little bit more. That's crazy. Garbaggio, right? So, yeah, that, that's where we're at on the Jesse Smollett case. I am not a fan of that. No. And I don't like that at all. I think. I don't like that one bit. And apparently Empire said they're ready to hire him back. What? So, oh, yeah. He's going to go back to work. Oh my God! Celebrity justice at you got to kill that character off, man. Do something because that's just disgusting. Wow. Yeah. So you got I mean, people getting know. murdered by the police, and this guy's lying about being assaulted on his way home from Subway. Well, I think that's I what the mayor, what's his name, Khmer Khan, um, is so beside himself on this because this is a mockery of justice in a city that already has problems with. You know, systematic so corruption bad. in the justice system. That's so bad. So bad. And it does not look good for a celebrity to get off where somebody else would be looking at federal charges. So she may herself be looking at federal charges now once the FBI investigates. And Smollett, too. He may not be able to get out of this completely scot-free in the end if the FBI investigate the hate crime. Man. I don't know how that form of justice would work out, but... Still, that's really bad. So we'll keep an eye on that, and hopefully it doesn't get any worse because that's about as low as you can go. I just I can't imagine it. But what a horrible, horrible set of people. So on the more positive side of pop culture, what I finished the amazing sci-fi series The Expanse last night. Yes. I fucking love that show. What is it about? So this is based off of a book series by James S.A. Corey, who is actually two different people that write these books. And it's it's just a very, very well done sci-fi thriller series. And I love the fact that it's extremely political. Um in a way, the whole storyline is based off of like these three different classes of humans, right? They yeah. live in space. And you have um, the Mars people, the Mars colony, which since have declared independence and they have a massive navy and they have all these things. You have the people on Earth. And then you have these people that live more or less in reduced gravity in a place they call the belt, which is the asteroid belt. All these different mining stations and there's whole civilizations that live out there, right? Okay. But they're all starkly different from each other. Yeah. And so they all fucking hate each other. Excuse me. Okay. And then through circumstance, they're all forced to eventually 
work together, but there's a lot of political intrigue, a lot of really, really good stuff. The The latest book actually just dropped. I picked it up on Audible, but the sci-fi series is amazing. Three seasons in, and um, sci-fi, it was a sci-fi original show for a while, but they canceled it. They make weird shit, sci-fi. Right? And some of it's like strangely amazing, and yeah. some of it's just trash. But they, yeah, it did get canceled after the third season. But then Amazon Prime picked it up. And they're doing season four in sometime in 2019. But that's Are you it's super like, jazzed. Yeah, because I've been sick for, for so much all last weekend and part of even this week. Like you were watching Hello TV. I just watched all. I got caught up on the Expanse, bro. Nice. And I go watch so much. That's what TV. I like to hear. That's what I like to hear, Rafi. I did. I even tried to watch a movie, but I was sick and I was. At the time, I was getting really, really stoned so that like I, my pain would go away. Yeah. And I tried to put on Casino Royale, and I think I made it. I remember watching, you know, there's the opening scene, and then they go into like that crazy credits thing that they do. I remember Super that coming crazy. up, but then I think I passed out during the, the song opening credits. <laughs> so I didn't watch more than, I think, the 10-minute beginning. That's a particularly long opening song. It's for mm. Casino Royale. Chris Cornell, I think, did that song, right? Really? Yeah, Chris Cornell. Oh, what was the name of the song? I don't remember. Before he died? Yeah. Sad. Chris Cornell was awesome, too. You know. But you've been watching anything? Um, Yes, and I have. God, I'm so happy you set me up this way. So we we watch a lot of shit that you don't have to pay attention to, right? Yeah, Um, like The Office. Yeah, and so, you know, we're – so Jordan – Loves baking, right? And there's a show on Netflix that's called The Great British Baking Show. I have heard of such show. So it's actually pretty good, right? And it's not something you have to pay a lot of attention to because it's it's fucking British. Um, and the <laughs> episodes are like an hour long and they bake. It's like three different rounds, you know, and one thing has to be really big and ornate and one thing has to be like really technically proficient. And then the other one is like just make it like really cool, you know? And <clears throat> so... So it's easy to watch and interesting and, you know, to like do whatever. So one thing I had that related this to me for with football, right? Um, this baking show with football for me is when we're watching football, um, Jordan loves to make inappropriate jokes about. You know, them being like, oh, yeah, homeboy, you know, penetrated the defensive line, you know, like <laughs> shit like that, you know, and she's like, it's just so sexual, like, you know, penetration and tight ends and like all this stuff that she just all the time, anytime she can make any type of just yeah. sacks and, you know, just like that. So and I'm always like, that's not funny. Like, that's not it's not sexual. Like, this is this is fucking serious. Like, it's football. It's like, this is like we're taught. That's just what it's called. You know, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, I don't like that. They say penetrate either. But for some reason, that's what they're saying. You know, and we, just, we just don't talk about it. Like, you just don't talk about it. You know, get your mind out of the gutter, Jordan. So we're watching this baking show and they're making a cake and they're trying to put some type of sauce in the cake, you know, and they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, like this, you know, the sauce got really good penetration into the, they always call it sponge. It's never cake, it's sponge, you know. Yeah, into the sponge. The, the cake is the whole thing. The yeah. sponge is like what I would call the cake, right? Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, you know, they got good penetration into the sponge. And I was like, that's funny. <laughs> and she, she said, oh, oh, it's funny in this show, but it's not funny when we're watching football. And I said, 
No. It's like it's, <laughs> penetration is funny in baking, but it's not funny in football. <laughs> like that's <laughs> so that's oh. that's what we've been watching. That arrested development, too. They came up with a new oh, season, Jesus. and so I started it over. Because oh, Arrested shit. Development, I think, is like I don't know if you ever watched it. Never. Arrested Development is like is slept on. It's like really fun. Do you know what that means? Slept on, like like overlooked um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just funny. There's like it's weird, awkward, uncomfortable comedy that's like funny now. But when it was first made, people just didn't appreciate it for what it was. You oh, know, yeah. but now like that's what people are into. It's you. You probably would really enjoy Arrested Development. So I started it over so that we could work through. And that's also not something you have to pay a lot of attention to. Oh yeah, it's, it's kind Is it of kind whatever. of sitcommy. So uh, yeah, kind of. But it's more like The Office, um, where it's filmed like kind of documentary style. Um, and oh. like Ron Howard, like. I don't know. It's weird, you know. So like wait, wait. You, they, you said Ron Howard. Is he directing or acting? Ron Howard is narrating. Oh God, the whole show. Um, that's what, so. That's why I'm like, it's almost like like a National Geographic thing where like the cameras are there, but those characters don't acknowledge the cameras. But Ron Howard narrates it like it's something you're watching, you know, <laughs> and so. It's I'm t- it's really good. The way that it's done is fucking excellent. It's excellent. I have heard nothing but good things about that show. Yeah. And I just never watched it. It's excellent. At least the ones it was on Fox. Of all channels, it was on Fox when it was first made. Yeah. And it was it was gold, that fucking comedy. So it's worth watching. And then the last two seasons have been on Netflix, and I haven't watched the last two seasons. I've only I only watched it when it was on Fox. Oh yeah. And so I've only watched the OGs. But we decided we were going to watch the new season. So that's why we started over. There you go. Yeah, sometimes you just got to make that commit and be like, well, it's been too long. We got to start over. Yeah. No, and it, it's good. It's funny. It's worth watching. Um, I thought about that last night because we discovered a new show that we ran through. It's actually uh, one of the major stars is Brian Callen. Yeah, okay. Com- comedian, you know. Yeah. Uh, good friend of Joe Rogan. and uh, But – it's a spinoff of that show, The Goldbergs. You ever seen that? Yes. And it's called Schooled. Word. And do you remember Lainey from The Goldbergs, the uh, the sister's best friend? Word. The blonde chick. She's the main character in this one. She goes back to William Penn Academy and gets a job as a teacher. So now oh, she's teaching there. Okay. And Brian Callen's alongside her as one of the main characters. The old... Uh, the guy that did the latest man, Leon Filtz, yeah, um, from SNL and stuff. He is the he was the guidance counselor in the Goldbergs. Now he's the principal. Word. And so it's just more of the same thing, except you know how like the Goldbergs is focused on like the '80s gimmicks and all the yeah. Things? This is all '90s tropes. Okay, and it's fucking great for me because I grew up in the '90s, and so all that stuff like Gak and Pogs and like all just this. Crisscross, you know everything from the nineties is all in there, and we you know, finished actually, the first season. It's I actually know about all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Pogs. I actually told Jordan about what Pogs were. Mm. We were watching Comic Book Men, and someone came in and tried to sell them a bunch of Pogs. No, and Jordan was like, "What is that?" And I said, "What?" I said, "You don't know what a Pog is?" And she said, "No, I've never even heard of that before." Dude. And I was like, "Oh, dog, a Pog is the stupidest fucking toy that ever got invented, Dude. but everyone loved it." I was like, "I don't even yeah. understand why anyone loved it, but I used to have." 
you know, like a fucking one of those tubes, you know, that you put your pogs in yeah. all full of different fucking pogs that were oh, all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I'm sure my mom has it somewhere. But I was trying to explain it to her that like they're just little cardboard discs with different pictures on them. And yep. like, I don't, I don't remember how the game was played, but I was like, yeah. there was a game with had to do with battling them and like yeah, poppers or some and, shit. Yeah. And fucking, so you had the slammers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's mesh, I, like jammers hard or slammers. Yeah. Dude. I couldn't. Yeah. I was like, that's what I'm like, I don't remember what like the deal was, but there was some type of game having to do with pogs and you're taking yeah, pogs remember. and you're trading them and fucking, I stole all these guys pogs and I, I yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't remember, but <laughs> It's because my sister's seven years older than me, so I was just exposed to all of that shit when I was oh, growing yeah. up, you know. So I have a, I have a lot of that shit. So I even had a pog maker that my parents. You had me. a pog maker, yeah. Oh so, my god! Like put your own pictures on them. Yeah. So all you did was take. You just took a piece of cardboard that would fit in the machine. Yeah. It was only so so high, so you right. couldn't go super big. But you take a piece of cardboard that you like took your glue stick and put a picture on it. You put it in this little machine and then it had this little crank that you did and it cut it out into a pog circle and you had your own pogs. That's fucking cool. Then the novelty kind of wore off. Yeah. Because Do you then still I could, have the pog maker? Oh, God, no. <sighs> I have no idea where that what happened to that thing. You know what we should do? Salt of the streets pogs. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That is a way to catch our type of audiences, pogs, bro. Oh, we need to look into so a pog maker because that's can't it can't be that expensive a pog maker. Could probably eBay one for twenty bucks a pog maker. I don't think we need to actually go with pog maker. Just we need to figure out how big the pogs are. Yeah, could, you could probably Die use one of the you know, <laughs> that punch. Makes way more sense. <laughs> so you just get a little punch, boom, 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 boom. That done. makes much more sense. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Pogmaker <laughs> <laughs> oh. with us. I was really jazzed on that. So that's yeah. right. So there um, you go. I've actually been a uh, normal human and watching things. I've been playing video games. Good. I'm proud of you. I haven't played any Madden this week, and I'm frustrated about that. But tomorrow, Jordan's going to a baby shower. Um, and so I'm going to do some drywall, and I'm going to play some Madden tomorrow. I'm going to finish that all the drywall I possibly can in that laundry room. Definitely. Not even just his bedroom but like Just our actual one room too yeah and the f- fucking assholes who built that house the piping has done all fucked up so <laughs> i can only i can only do so far you know so but i'm gonna do the best that i possibly can to cover everything i can with drywall and like That's make funny. it look legit but they really fucked me when they when they put that shit in there <laughs> um you know well, yeah we figured out that every generation of man to live in that house has built something in that house. And so I am just furthering that line by, by building Dax's room in that house, which I think is really cool because Jordan's like Jordan's mom grew up in that house, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's dope. It's an old house. Yeah. It's, it's great. Super dope. Yep. It's super cool. So, uh, unless you have anything else, we can head into fucking sports. Yep. So let's see here. The first thing that I have, Rob fucking Gronkowski announced his retirement this week. Oh, it was coming. Yep. Gronk finally retired after, oh, Jesus Christ. Let's see. It is nine seasons, Rob Gronkowski. He had, excuse me, 521 receptions, 7,861 yards, 79 teeters. Wow. 
all of the seasons with the Pats balling the entire time. Absolutely incredible. Um, Jeez. Lowest amount of games he ever played. He, in 2013, he played seven. 2016, he played eight. But all the rest of them was 16, 16, 11, 15, 15, 14, 13 this last year. He started to struggle with injury. His back is really fucked up. He's bad. He's had back surgery and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so Gronk will be sorely missed on the Pats. Um, and I kind of think that they, I kind of think that they signed another tight end. I'm sure that I talked about it already. I don't remember. So, but something feels familiar. Yeah. Off the top of my head um, for the Pats. I think that's because when they brought on a new tight end, we were talking about whether or not Gronk was going to retire. Yeah. Chris Eitzman to the practice squad. Chris Eitzman. Yep. yep. Chris Eitzman. Yep. He's they, a Nazi. <clears throat> but um, after that, Jordy Nelson also is retiring. He announced his retirement this week after 11 seasons. He has 613 receptions, 8,000. 587 yards, 72 touchdowns. Just a yeah. few, just a few less than good old Mr. Gronkowski over here. Um, Roberto. Yeah. Let's see. That's just insane to think, though. He's been around for as long as I've been paying attention. Matt Lacoste. They did sign, oh. they did sign a tight end because they released Dwayne Allen, who was their tight end. Um, and then they got Michael Bennett in a trade with the Eagles and they fucking, Signed Terrence Brooks, Bruce Ellington, Maurice Harris, Matt Lacoste, who's a tight end, Mike Pennell, John Simmons, damn, Jesus, and Adrian Claiborne. Oh, Claiborne's a good sign, too. So, the Pats do have a tight end. Um, <clears throat> guard TJ Lang is retiring, and then punter Shane Lechner. After 17 years, Lechner's retiring. Seven Pro Bowls, this motherfucker. Uh, the Bills released Chris Ivory this week. They have Frank Gore that they signed just a couple weeks ago. And then they also still have LaShawn McCoy over in the Bills' backfield. Signed a couple of, they signed Cole Beasley out of Dallas and fucking someone else they signed. So they have some more receivers over there. The Bills, the Bills might look all right. Their quarterback can throw. He's they're gonna, trying. Yeah, yeah they're definitely run. trying. Lots of running from that motherfucker. Yeah. I think preseason last year, it was, you know, are the Bills going to be in it this year? They've made a lot yeah. of moves. And then as soon as they started to play, well, yeah. not their year. Yeah, and they started to look better towards the end of the year. I think once uh, Josh Allen is his name, once he had mm-hmm. some more games under his belt. And he was injured for a little while in the middle of the season. So once he came back and kind of got his shit together, started looking a little better. Uh was announced this week Doug Baldwin is going to have a sports hernia surgery. Ooh. Um, yeah, so this coming off of his knee surgery that he had. And now he's going to have this hernia surgery. So he's got... Got some shit going on. Um, it'll take a little bit of time to recover, but I would assume that he would be fine by the time the season yeah. rolls around. Um, yeah, it's only March. It's yeah. Barely still. But uh, by the time you get this, it'll be April. <laughs> right. Shoot. Uh, Jared Cook tied in. He signed a two-year deal with the Saints, which is dope. He's gonna. He's a great pass catcher. He was the number one pass catcher out of the Raiders last year at dope. LA because their team was fucking such ass. Um, so he's with the Saints now with a great quarterback and a good system. Lots of good receivers there. So... That's that's a good move for him. The Raiders signed linebacker Brandon Marshall to a one-year $4.1 million deal. They also signed Isaiah Crowell to a one-year deal, $2.5 million, and Luke Wilson to a one-year deal. Lukey uh, Fresh? Yep, Luke Wilson, because the Raiders got fucking – they got money right now. They got a team to try and rebuild to try and win some shit. Yeah. Um, the Eagles, they signed Richard Rodgers to a two-year deal, and then they acquired Jordan Howard from – 
the Bears for a six-round pick. He's a running back. So that's good because they've had all kinds of fucking trouble at running back. Basically, they've had three or four, and they all get hurt, and it's it's bad. Um, and the last thing that I have as far as sports, right? Cowboys, they have a DN, Demarcus Lawrence, who is now like one of two starting fucking D linemen on the Cowboys now because they had those two that got popped for drugs and they're suspended. So, so I have some rankings here, right? Because the Cowboys offered Demarcus Lawrence a six year, $120 million contract and he turned it down, right? He declined. He said, no, no, no. I want $22.5 million a year. That's how much money I want, right? Is $22.5 million a year. So Aaron Donald, right? Who, who is a D end for the Rams. He is, I believe, still the currently paid, currently the highest paid defensive player, right? Last year, he had 41 sacks, 20 or 41 tackles, 20 and a half sacks, right? Was the number one, number one ranked D end in the league, right? Above JJ Wad, above fucking Frank Clark, who balled out for us, right? Wow. So all the way down here at number 17 is Demarcus Lawrence. But no, right. I, need, I need the money. Yep. So Demarcus Lawrence, we'll just go ahead and we'll click on Demarcus Lawrence, right? So last year, oh shit, looks like he, he even played 16 games. Oh damn, he started 15 games. But what's that? There's a there's a 10 sack difference between him and, <laughs> and fucking Aaron Donald. But you want to make the same amount of money as Aaron Donald is what the fuck you're saying to me? That's what you're saying is you want to make the same money as Aaron Donald. Yeah. Fuck please, off, dog. Please explain to me why. What the fuck? Yeah, that shit's ridiculous, man. I don't, I can't even, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not about that. And I, I understand there is certainly validity to the argument that he's going to have to carry more weight on the line now that those two other guys are gone. But that's not worth a 10 sack difference, bro, of fucking, no. that's ridiculous. I'm sorry, dude. You were on the B squad. Now you got to take over. Yeah. Okay. This is just the thing. Well, you know, you can give, you can get some more and he's, money. I but. mean, like I said, he started 15 games. He's by all means, you know, the, like the starter on that team, but he's not, he's not fucking the number one DN in the league and 22 yeah. and a half million dollars is DN money. Like that's crazy. I can't imagine how, how he's just trying to just bump it up. That's ridiculous. We all need more money. Yep. He's just arguing because that's where the market is. And there's at least one team that. I don't know. That might consider paying him, but he's. I don't see how you can even argue that he's worth that much money. That's yeah. That's crazy. He's great. He's a great player. I'm not gonna say he's not a great player, but he's not. He's not, not worth fucking, that. He's not even as good as fucking Frank Clark. And Frank Clark isn't asking for twenty two and a half million dollars a year. Like he he supposedly isn't happy with seventeen, but he's not asking for twenty two. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like that's fucking man. crazy. That's that's absurd. That's absurd. I don't. Uh, I can't with you, fucking Demarcus Lawrence. Get out of me, bro. Yeah. So that's that's all I have for sports this week. So we can we can get the fuck out of here if you're ready for that. That dude just I, that just seems so petty. So stupid, petty. bro. Stupid as shit. See, he can just be like, well, that's that's what the market dictates. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's that's, like if that's it's where the market's at. If if your stats reflected that, but you you don't have the skills to pay the bills in this case. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. It's bullshit. So what do you got for me? Is no. it extra special with yum yum sauce Let's on it? Let's see here. That's what I'm trying to... You want something delicious, man. You know what? It's time to stop eating your crow and start drinking your crow, everybody. It's a good idea. <laughs> Drink it up, dog. Old crow medicine show. <laughs>